This episode of How To Wrestling is brought to you by Budgeons and Dragons, an unfair actual play podcast with a very simple goal. Buy mother a scratch card. The catch is, everything can and will kill you. It's a unique, very silly roleplay game with a revolving cast who are given the freedom to be anybody and anything they want. They've had a pug with a gun, a small child haunted by an evil Ringo star, a sea creature crossed with an Italian dictator called Mussolini, and many, many more. Previous guests include Jake and Ben from Subcultured, Billy and Adam from the Astudera podcast, with more Podcrabs alumni appearing in future episodes, including me and Kevin, who are so excited to come on. We absolutely love Budgeons and Dragons, and I'll be honest, it's my absolute favourite podcast to listen to. It's a, it's a good time. Budgeons and Dragons also has a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Budgeons and Dragons. Honestly, cannot recommend Budgeons and Dragons enough. Listen to it. You'll love it. So funny and so silly. I hope you enjoy. Until then, it's time for How To Nitro Girls. Welcome to the episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows, maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. Hello once again, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Here we are in 2023, and I'm joined as always by my wife and fabulous co-host and partner, it's Joe Graham. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well, thank you. How's I, it going with you? I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, Still getting used to formally referring to you as my wife in the uh, the intro here. Yeah. And I think there might be some people that might think the next couple of episodes of How To that are coming out, the planned ones, are very much in the motif of happy wife, happy life. <laughs> That's so true. And it's actually really transparent now that you've pointed it out. Wow. Yeah. Wait till you get to the end of this episode and you find out what's next. You'd be like, hey, particularly if you're a Patreon backer, you'd be like, hang on a second yeah, here now. Yeah, this is getting silly. But today's episode is one that we uh, announced, uh, obviously, with our Jim Ross app that came out at the end of November. Very, very excited to talk today. All about wrestling's premier dance troupe. Mm-hmm. We're talking today, Joe, about the Nitro Girls. The Nitro Girls. The one and only. I I don't think I'd heard of the Nitro Girls until... I can't even actually think when it was I started like being even aware of them. I mean, I'm sure in the Bischoff episode... Oh, they popped they up. Popped but I still up. wasn't like... You know, I didn't make any mental notes about like... You know, I think I mentioned at the time, I was like, oh, that's creative that they had a dance troupe. But like... It didn't stick in my head. Yeah, I don't know. I, I All I remember is I saw a picture of them on Google and I thought it was really funny that they look like the Spice Girls. <laughs> they look exactly like the Spice Girls. You know what it could be? It could have been when Ready to Rumble, the Nitro Girls were a, a big part of the storyline of that. We did do How To, Ready To Rumble. We did, that's true. You know, so they could have come up there. I think it's safe to say that the aesthetic and the kind of the, the, the fashion and the, the general vibes of the Nitro Girls are very much in vogue here in the in the roaring 2020s. Oh yeah, no, definitely. They're very they're very chic right now. Even though I think most uh, most young people wouldn't be aware of them. <laughs> yes, but most young people who went on to shop on somewhere like Boohoo or or Nasty Gal etc. Mm. will probably find. I mean, it, just the clothing and the fashion seems to be very aligned with what the Nitro yeah, Girls are after. Yeah, absolutely. But look, I've said the word Nitro Girls so many times now, and I think yeah. we should probably mention 
what it is, in fact, that the Nitro Girls are. They're a dance troupe, Joe, but they're not just any dance troupe. What is the Nitro Girls... What, what is their whole thing? What's their position in the world of wrestling? Well, they're a wrestling dance troupe because they would open up Nitro, WCW Nitro, their Monday night show. Yep, and we just go head-to-head with, with Raw. Right. So when I was a little kid watching WWF and, you know, watching uh, people be crucified and drink blood yeah. and being thrown off bridges and stuff like this that. This happening on the other side. The other channel, which I swore bloody death and vengeance against because I was a loyal WWF fan. And can you believe... <laughs> I'm 10 years old, by the way, here. Can you believe that <laughs> over on this other show, they've got dancing g- girls? <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> Just sweating. <laughs> I did have a friend at the time who was a connoisseur of both WWF Monday Night Raw yeah. and WCW Monday Nitro. I remember distinctly being in his house playing wrestling figures and be like, all right, you got the WCW figures with the giant magnets in their hands. That's cool. But you also have the WWF figures with the bone crunching, crunch and bones action. So I oh. thought, you know, pretty cool. And we started talking about what company we think is better and all that. And he's like, well, you know, WCW's got like Bret Hart. And I'm like, who's who's that? Sorry, I hear he screwed himself. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. And then he went, well, you know, they've always got the Nitro Girls, Kevin. And I was like, Nitro Girls? Uh, No. Now, a couple of weeks later, that boy's voice was like three octaves deeper. Yeah, okay. And it was a a good few years before I realised why he was maybe watching the other channel as much as he was. Because... (laughs) Ew, girls smell. The Nitro Girls were devised, first and foremost, with the young male gaze in mind, let's just say. Yeah, not that fucking young, though. That's so... I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I say, don't want to the, think the, the, the all-encompassing male gaze. Eric Bischoff was like, "I think we need to find a way for ten-year-old boys, yeah, right, <laughs> to keep watching." <laughs> Ew. So the idea, generally speaking, with with the Nitro Girls, and you know, Bischoff has has talked about this many, many times. I don't think it's something that he thinks is one of his crowning achievements or anything like that. But the need of it seemed pretty apparent well that's the thing so i actually wanted to quickly mention for people who maybe have dropped in and out of episodes just establishing what wrestling was like at this time because it's a very competitive mm-hmm. it's like unlike any other period in wrestling history even now there's like oh, yeah. nothing like it because people were you know you weren't dual screening you weren't like yeah. oh, i'm gonna catch nitro or raw later i'll check yeah. out the results online it's I mean, one or the other you were watching one and you were flicking channels yeah you know and so both, seconds mattered <laughs> both shows were competing constantly and we've mentioned in previous episodes that like wcw would be quite sneaky and they would they would announce the results of Raw because yeah. Raw was pre-taped and WCW Nitro was live. And it led to, you know, a lot of the companies doing things that tried to maybe, oh, you're not going to see this on the other show. Like, you know, Rey Mysterio episode, we talked about how you'd see the Luchadors on WCW, yeah. which you wouldn't see that on, on WWF as much. So maybe that'll make you stay. Mm. But we all know what's really going to make people stay in between matches. So that was the thing. Eric Bischoff, the business mind... He was constantly thinking of, okay, how can we out-compete WWF? How can we make people tune into our show and not their show? And that starts from right at the very beginning of when you first turn on either program. And he decided we need something that immediately captures and engages our audience. And so he came up with the idea of 
DJ Ran. Yeah, baby, DJ Ran in the mix. Which the point of DJ Ran was to get the audience, the live audience there, really hyped up so that they're ready to start cheering and shouting and screaming and stuff. Which obviously we've mentioned it before. The audience is a really important part of any wrestling show. Oh yeah, and like. You know, DJ Ran wasn't even the first one. That they really, had. there was a pre-DJ Ran. There was a pre-J Ran, <laughs> which which was uh, Wildcat Willie. What? And if you want to talk about the evolution of the wrestling business in the late nineties, going from Wildcat Willie, who was literally a like a mascot you would see at a, at a football game, big cuddly cat with the WCW purple L- sorry, t-shirt literally on, literally a cat. Yeah, yeah, like a big, big foot furry mascot dude. What? Who'd be like, hey, everybody, WCW. So- I'm sorry, maybe him targeting 10-year-olds was accurate. Yeah, he was going for the six-year-olds, then we moved, we aged up a little <laughs> But yeah, what we had then was, yeah, we had DJ Ran, the idea was that, you know... What happened to Wildcat Willie? It, it didn't get over, Joe, is what uh, happened. I think it was viewed as being a little bit too childish. juvenile and childish. That's really interesting, because I always thought WCW was very, like, snooty about the childishness stuff of the WWF. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously that was a time period where wrestlers had jobs and yeah, that's exactly, seen as quite yeah. like juvenile so he wanted to move away from kind of the cartoonishness of it right. and i think wildcat willie was a good idea when they would have been you know originally they would have done a lot of their nitro tapings or a lot of their wcw television tapings like on disney mgm's studios of course, if you yeah they're all done in disney so you had a lot of people who weren't wrestling fans and you'd get them hyped up by mm. well having here's the mascot to go hey everyone you cheer Ric Flair and Yabu, you know, Lex Luger, whatever it may be at the time. Right. Do you think there were meetings with Disney executives where they tried to argue that actually Snow White should pump up the crowd or Mickey Mouse They're or not going to give him an A-tier one like that. Look, <laughs> look, Eric, you can either have your own brand, Wildcat Willie, or we can give you the characters from the Fox and the Hound Dog or Basil the Great Mouse Detective. The kind of the, the D-tier ones that people don't like as much. They've been left out in the rain and they're a bit mouldy. <laughs> they smell weird. Smelly and sad. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea then of having DJ Ran is, you know, similar thing. You hype up the audience, except it's in less of kind of a, a kiddie way. You yeah, know? No, DJ Ran is like a proper DJ, takes it very seriously. Still going today, by the way. Yeah, the hustle is incredible on DJ Ran. Yeah, he's a good DJ. I mean, I don't know much about DJing, but I listen to some of his stuff and it is genuinely good. I mean, we've been to a fair few wrestling shows mm. where there's been... No attempt whatsoever to warm up the crowd. Oh, God, no. Adverts. The, yeah. oppos- the opposite of DJ Ran. Like, I remember when we went to see, both times we went to see Raw, and, like, the ring announcer was actually like, we're going to be on TV in five seconds, everyone. Yeah. And that was the extent of it. And you had a bit of a, hey. And it's like, come on, it's Manchester. You want to get people on their feet, break a glass or something at I least. I mean, like, you know? it seems like the person whose job it is at those shows to get the audience kind of hyped up is that one lad in somewhere in the arena who goes, woo! Yes, and they'll, then they'll hype other themselves people. up like yeah. So other people go woo. I remember seeing TNA and Jeremy Borash when he was there. He he literally would be on his fucking hands and knees, be like, ah, the show's gonna start. You're gonna see everyone, and then afterwards we're all gonna go backstage and meet all the ah. You and if you're the loudest fan, I'm gonna give you hundreds of dollars of merchandise wow. please cheer and you know we ever we went to to see progress a few times and jim smallman would have a fish talking you know we try to get you all hyped up and like the more well, he talked the less hyped i'd yeah, get like, yeah. but the idea then of we go from having djs and you're just getting people pumped up yeah he would continue to do this music mm. but now we're going to get pretty ladies to come out and dance up a storm as well wow, right. the idea being that bischoff thought that 
at the start of the show and also in between the wrestling matches the the energy levels would dip down considerably yeah and you know after a match is over and you have video packages and adverts adverts and or if you're watching a wwe show and it was like someone stood in the ring for three minutes in darkness as they play all the ads up oh, on the big screen yeah. so the idea was that you bring out this dance troupe and you would raise the energy level not up to a 10 out of 10 or whatever but you know people would get kind of ready to go and then the match starts and it's all seamless and Mm -hmm. whatnot so the nitro girls were something you would see five six times a night wow and they opened most nitros during the period where wcw beat wwf in the ratings they're the only wrestling company to ever do that over such a long period interesting it had it it worked yeah you know and he time it as well so the idea being like oh you're flicking through the channels Oh, WWF has gone on, you know, onto an ad break. You come back to WCW. Oh, sexy girls. They're already dancing. Yeah. You know? And that was enough to get people, at least some people, to tune in. Yeah. You know? I thought it was a very, very interesting way. Although, the idea of it being Bischoff's brainchild mm. is somewhat of a disputed notion, I think. Yeah, no, DJ Ran is Bischoff's brainchild. Wildcat Willie is Bischoff's brainchild. Yeah. <laughs> he, I think, realised that, that he could do more than DJ Ran. Yes. No, no shade to DJ Ran, but he is only one guy. So then I think he went to Kimberly Page, wasn't yes. it? And, and Kimberly Page, uh, we have spoken about briefly before. Yeah, DDP's wife. Now ex-wife. Now ex-wife. And incredibly healthy best friend. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I watched uh, a couple of shoot interviews with old Kimberly Page, mm. who I think her and Bischoff have had a strained relationship I over the years. I bet. Yes, I, I'm not surprised. And I think that Bischoff's no big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's too big and nice a person to, uh, or nice seeming a person to say what she really thinks wow. about Eric Bischoff. So she claims that how this all came about was that Bischoff came to her in the first instance because her and Eric were neighbours. DDP has faced many accusations over the years that he got a lot of, you know, favours or got a lot of uh, attention because he lived next door to the executive producer of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think his, his wife was happy to embrace that as well, yeah. you know. So Bischoff comes around and he says, first and foremost, I've got a great idea, Kimberly. I want to use you on the show more. I think you're you're a great personality. You're a great. You look like a star. We want to use you more. And she's like, "That's great," but I never, ever, ever want to take a bump ever yeah. in wrestling. And I never. I don't think she ever actually did. Legend. As far as I know, that was Good like not something she wanted to do. Now, <laughs> she was asked in one of the interviews I watched where it's like, you know, all the the stories about you and a uh, you know and DDP living next door to to Eric and his wife. Do you think there was a little bit of favoritism there or whatever? And she's like, oh, no, um, no absolutely. I mean, well, maybe, yeah. But <laughs> no one worked harder than Dallas and no one worked harder than Eric. It just happened that they mm. lived next door to each other yeah. is all it was. So the edict came from up on high from Bischoff that he wanted, and I quote, more pretty girls on the <laughs> show. <laughs> and the idea then came about that it was going to be like a, a cheerleaders mm. uh, troupe. But that quickly changed from... And I didn't realise there was a distinction here between cheerleaders and Laker girls like you would have in NBA. So in football, if you have cheerleaders, they're going to be like cheering on the sidelines and getting the crowd to go. But the Laker girls are what you would see in basketball. They're like like, midway through. Yeah, so like we finish a play or or a quarter or a half, whatever it is, and then the girls come out, they dance to the audience, and then they leave, and then the the play resumes. Okay. I think that was because everyone was very conscious early on about the girls not distracting away from the men. Now, how do you reckon the men of the world of WCW and professional wrestling would feel about going, hey, just so you know, 
every 15 minutes we're going to give five minutes to this troupe of hot lady dancers who are not none of them are wrestlers i think it was mixed i think for the most part the wrestlers were probably fine with it because they get to see hot girls yeah and hang out with because i imagine yeah it was a bit of a sausage fest backstage at WCW. seriously it was yeah so i think for a lot of guys uh they would be very happy for some women to to hang out with yeah i don't think anyone's complaining on on, on that end of things so they didn't want to compete with the men they want to compete with the matches it was the idea yeah. was just to, to to literally enhance the television product as a whole and straight away kimberly's like right this is a cool idea i wanted to have like hip-hop funky edgy outfits and she also <laughs> was given three weeks to actualize this and go from chatting on the couch with eric to it's going to be on tv wow and she's not a trained dancer oh my god that's bananas i mean you've you've done dance for your, you you did gcse dance didn't yeah you? i'm sorry for me like that's it's like Joe's a fucking ballerina or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, dance training, choreography. I've, yeah. n- I've never had to do anything. I've done, you know, acting and performing and stuff. So hard. How, how, how is it that, how do you learn that? The difficulty with dance is there's no language to write it down. So when you're choreographing a dance, it's not like when you're writing music or writing hmm. a play, you can just write down what you want. But it's not like when you see those weird things where it's like pictures of feet and arrows go all over. for certain types of dance, right. like waltzes right, or sambas. Yeah, yeah. Like when there's like particular footwork, okay. there's certain styles of dance which are more focused on the feet. And once you master the feet, you can sort of do the rest. But like the dance I would have done and the dance like the Nitro Girls would have done is much more contemporary, which right, is more yeah. modern and more full body there's no way of writing down those full body movements in a way that everyone else can make sense of the, the, the way i've always thought that it was extremely difficult is it's one thing to be able to pull off the dance moves or whatever yeah. it is it's the idea that you've got all these very different people from very different backgrounds who are suddenly meant to come together into this homogenous whole i will say we've watched a lot of nitro girls we dance have. routines and I would say over under, it's a four out of ten chance that everyone's perfectly in time. Yeah. If you take the whole... They got better as the years went on. Yeah, definitely. But, like, how do you... Like, is it a beat in your head? Like, a metronome type? Like, how do you (laughs) know, all right, we're all going to stand up on the chair now. We're all going to do the splits together at this point. How How is that kind of... Kept all, you don't have a conductor. You don't have a conductor, so no. So what keeps the time? So it's mostly it's just mostly practice, but also for some people they like to count. So they you can count the like the, the the time signature in your head. So you might count one, two, three, four, two, two, three, right, four, yeah. and count up, and then you know it like you know, 30, two, three, four, we do a spin or whatever, the splits. Jesus Christ. Or more likely, like for me, it was like, oh, at this point in the music, I do this. So you like learn the music and then the dance follows. But mostly, honestly, 99% of it is just practice, 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 practice until it's like part of your body. I just, the idea of going from three weeks, like if you were a a solo dancer on your own and it's like, Mm. hey, in three weeks time, say you're from the Shawn Michaels episode, your whisper, you got to go do the chair dance and make Shawn Michaels fall in love with you. If you have three weeks to come up with that, I think maybe that's a reasonable time. 
for one person to yeah. get one outfit, one routine, a bit of music and do it and when, practice it. When it's just it. one person as well, you have a bit more control over like maybe you improvise some of the dance. You know, yeah. once you've been doing dance enough, you can pretty much improvise a lot of that stuff and it will look good. But like when you're doing it as a group, you can't improvise. Yeah. You have to be in sync. And the numbers of Nitro Girls varied over the years. Uh, originally six at some points getting up to, to nine or ten or even a dozen in some what? instances. How do they all fit? I know, but this fucking be all across the stage and whatnot. So they wouldn't always do it in the ring then? No, sometimes it'd be up on the ramp. Right. You know, up the top of the stage. Sometimes they would literally, they would start on the ramp and they would run down they'd surround the ring would they ever go into the audience yeah they'd see in the audience as well because you know a, a WCW would often do shows at like spring break and things like that so they would always like cut to the audience the Nitro girls would be dancing there ah. with a bunch of guys with their free beer they get for going to Nitro and bringing oh their frat, frat boys with them or whatever but like yeah she is given you know going from kind of being like oh I'm just one of the wrestlers wives and I get yeah. to do a bit here and there to like hey you know that opportunity you want Kimberly here it is, and it is like an apprentice level impossible task. Yeah, definitely. The only thing that she had going for her was that they were based in Atlanta, and Atlanta, as well as being a hotbed for you know uh, for music and hip hop in particular, there were a lot of dance studios there. There were a lot of professional sports teams, so she just started going to all the kind of pro dance studios and going to like you know the Atlanta Falcons and stuff and being like, any cheerleaders want to mm-hmm. want to be a Nitro girl type of a thing. So it was pretty um. Pretty pretty intense from the get-go. Yeah. But the idea was clear. She wanted to have six girls and they had six different characters. So literally like like a girl band, like the Spice Girls, like one for every type. Well, I mean, this is 97, like early 97. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm a bit unsure about this, but the Spice Girls, do they break through stateside? I mean, not by then at least. No, the Spice Girls were not, they never made it big in America. But that's not to say, like, just because they didn't make it big doesn't mean... They didn't have an influence or a following or whatever. That's the thing. Like, there are music enthusiasts everywhere in the world. So, like, even though somewhere might not break through to the mainstream, there's a lot of real musical experts who keep their ear to the ground of all world music. And they would, of course, been aware of the Spice Girls. And so, yeah, some of the Nitro Girls were aware of the Spice Girls before they formed the Nitro Girls. Right, I see. It's just, it's so funny because... You go back to late 80s, early 90s, New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, all that. The idea of having a pop group full of individuals and the idea that each of them is meant to have a personality trait that will cater to a certain member of the fan base that we're going for. It's strange that it took as long as it did for that to become, like, for girls as well, you know? The fact that we had, like, the bad boy and the sweet boy and the nerdy boy, whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, you you could do that with with girls as well, actually. What? What? But the idea there is, like, characters but i'll be missed to say these are some of the character ideas that kimberly page came up oh, with no. you know different characters and i will point out as well this interview's from like around 2010 okay. so give her a little bit of credit but also you've had around 13 or so years to think about this and you could have maybe phrased it a little bit better but anyway some of the characters like hot redheads <laughs> Sorry, <this> sounds... <laughs> sign me up <laughs> Just to be sure, this is Kimberly, not Eric, yeah. who came up with this. <laughs> By the way, if you've not seen the Tales from the Territory about Stampede Wrestling, where Bret Hart utters the phrase, she was like a hot, like really, really hot lady. Hot, hot. 
Like Ugh. Joe and I are incapable of describing a woman as being attractive without being like a, a hot, really, really hot lady. Like you know, that's just the way it is at the moment. So yeah, we had hot redheads. Uh, another another idea for a character she had, Joe, which was cool Malibu blonde. Uh, okay, like kind of Barbie. Yeah. And the other character she had an idea for was hot Asian girl. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, you know, uh, all, all the, the types. All the types of girls. All the types of girls. They Jesus. are. Binders all, full of girls. Binders full of hot girls, <laughs> importantly, is what we're going for. So, there's for. three types. Yeah. That was kind of, you know. That's, that's, those, are the those are the ideas. The extent of her ideas. And I will oh say, God. for someone who did think that the Nitro girls were kind of one, just kind of one size fits all or whatever it was. It's one of the things that if you actually look at it and you pay attention to it, there were efforts there to try and differentiate people. As much as you can when everyone is wearing A, the same outfit, and B, doing the same dance routine. Yeah, and also given the the time, (laughs) because like, I'd say their main, like, because racially they are quite diverse, uh, the Nitro Girls. It's it's certainly surprised me when I started looking into the Nitro Girls, how diverse they were. But I would say their main lacking is like body diversity. Oh, yeah, they it's, are it's very wrestling. All the, body, the same yeah. body shape. Yeah. The, the fitness yeah. model type where you're kind of, generally speaking, pretty tall, Thin. muscular, yeah. you know, uh, busty ladies yeah. for the most part. For the most part. But not all of them because you've got to have the types of lady. <laughs> but also, you know, a little bit ahead of its time in terms of it. This was something in the 90s and it felt mm. very... 2k fashion yeah. very pussycat dolls very brats very spice girls and whatnot mm. and the idea that she had was that she wanted men to watch the show and it's so funny to hear her talk about this and like there's not even a moment a lick of maybe some girls would see this and they'd like to dance oh, no. no 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 this was she was like she wanted the men to watch it and the men to pick their favorites yeah and she was you know very adamant about particular picking certain types of women mm-hmm. because she knew that those were the trends yeah you know you think about the types of women who would have been on the the hottest babes of the year in 1997 and cross-reference it with the early Nitro girls. Yeah. She's she's filled in those categories, yeah. basically. She <laughs> had a bit of a hard time at the start. She said it was difficult to find hot girls who could also dance. <laughs> and uh, the biggest issue she had was that the best dancer she had that was holding the group together wasn't sexy enough. You see, now this is the issue, right? She didn't go to enough strip bars or pole clubs. Whereas like, if you go to like the cheerleaders, they're going to be much more like athletic, a bit more kind of professional leaning and like, yeah. like sporty rather than... I'm not saying that they're not sexy, but like if you are working in a business where you actually want the person to be sexy, I think the WWF had a better idea with going to like... Where the, they were going to, Or exactly. ECW or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think the idea here was that, you know... She wanted to balance it out and there was a lot of instances of like, for instance, uh, Spice. Mm. She was like one of the best dancers. Yeah. But the only way she was able to get in was like, we need someone to have the the pixie bob haircut, you know, the short hair, kind of quirky girl. Right. Will you do it? And she's like, uh, okay, I guess. You know, so it's it's very interesting because I was reading, you know, Bewitched, Ireland's favourite pop trio from the, the, the noughties. They're coming back on a reunion tour and I was reading an interview with them recently and there was a lot of it was like that as well, where it's like, look, hey, we, we think you're a great singer, but if you want the spot, you're going to have to do this to your hair wow. or adopt this personality trait, you God. know, because we're marketing this as we have this type of person and this type of person mm. and we need you to be that, you know, skills notwithstanding yeah. or whatever. So she had uh, no one that she spoke of quite highly as being a fave. 
But she had a number of people who she was like, I had issues with, let's just say. And I like think- they're not being sexy enough. I think that's so harsh as well that she was saying that they're not sexy enough. I know. <laughs> but like, it's, it's difficult when you have given someone a lot of responsibility and power in Kimberly Page yeah. over something that she's not actually trained in. Yeah. You know, she knows... She knows the wrestling audience to an extent. I think she knows the wrestlers as well and what you know, they expect. Yeah. But it's like her, like the idea of being told if you're a professionally trained dancer by someone who's not a professionally trained dancer that you're not a good enough dancer or you're not sexy enough or not what we're looking for. Yeah. Like there's a lot, and there's a lot of passive aggression that we see in the actual Nitro Girls dances oh, yeah. as well. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> for instance, Whisper who we've mentioned, that was in Shawn Michaels' episode. She's married to, to HPK now. Mm-hmm. When she was originally brought in, Kimberly didn't want her. And the reason being, they already have a tall, hot brunette girl. Me. Oh my God. <laughs> and you think I might be describing like, oh, she's playing like this kind of like bratty character on screen. No, no, no. This is just like... She's like that. And were you surprised that the Nitro girls in the first instance weren't like characters on the show, I guess? That they were just people yeah, who danced. I, I was surprised, but then also not because I don't... I understand that that period of wrestling, you know, in that company, mm. there's just too many egos going around as it was. Yeah. There's just no room. There's no room. And things get a little bit hairy as well when you have someone in charge like Kimberly who say like, right, you get all the dancers, you, you get all this rolling here. And then once they actually were up and rolling, mm. it was this thing now where like Hogan would go to a, a, a baseball game and they'd see someone a hot lady there and be like oh we'll get you a try it with the nitro girls or like bischoff would come to her like every other week with some girl he had met at a bar oh, or whatever no. and be like she's great she's fantastic you should have her on here so even though kimberly was in charge she had very little control at least from her perspective yeah the further down the line that it went you know so joe uh, this episode's been interesting because not only have i been you know researching and reading up all about the nitro girls but uh, you have also been doing some extended reading around the, the world of uh, these ladies. Yes. So we've got a bit of a master list here of, of some Nitro girls we're going to talk about. This is uh, our roster, or lineup. And I hope that we can get some unique identifiers about them other than hot blank lady. <laughs> <laughs> right, so there are a lot of members to go through. Uh, the Nitro Girls is only superseded by its member numbers by perhaps the NWO. <laughs> well, there, of course, there was uh, the Nitro Girl B team. Yeah. There was the Latino Nitro Girls. Yeah, the Nitro, Lucha, Gr- Nitro, Nitro Girls 2000. The Blue Nitro Girls <laughs> in ECW, you know. <laughs> So, first of all, we obviously have Kimberly Page, who is the leader slash self-appointed director, she calls herself. Yeah, um, the actual job title is, is non-existent because, according to her, she didn't get a pay bump for this. What? As in, yeah, she was just still being paid as being like a, a performer. Are you serious? And, and her top complaint is that her girls weren't sexy enough. Oh my God, get your priorities straight. There's a lot of instances later where like other women being brought, like Tori Wilson, who was brought in, she yeah. was a fitness model. She wasn't brought in as a Nitro girl. She was brought in as like kind of a babe for a storyline. But like she was, she said she was really happy she was brought in because her pay was so high. She was yeah. able to then be like, well, if you're paying her this, you need to pay me this. Yeah. But it is amazing that Kimberly, head cheese and head honcho, you know, she wasn't getting executive pay, let's well, just say. for the never... bull- She had to train them. She had to yeah. source them. She had to choreograph it. She had to do all the... Like, she was 
in charge of a lot. I take it back about the favouritism then. There's none there. She didn't get paid anything extra. She I was mean, being paid more than most women in WCW would have ever been paid. But, but not anything extra for this. No. She was still then getting, she was being know, underpaid. For sure. No matter what she was being paid, she's being underpaid. And I think a lot of it as well is kind of like, well aren't you happy that you get to be on the road with your, your husband and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I love you know? being on the road. Everyone loves that. Yeah, Don't, don't get me wrong, folks. I, I don't think I would be able to get away with Joe didn't get any money for doing her job just because we're married. Yeah, like. <laughs> God, the 90s was dark. <laughs> so Kimberly's... And Kimberly doesn't have a Nitro girl name. She's just Kimberly, right? She's just Kimberly, yeah. yeah. Next, we have AC Jazz. Ah, AC Jazz. AC Jazz, otherwise known as Amy Crawford. That's her real name. And um, She's a bit of a character, AC Jazz. More on her in a bit, I think. More on her in a bit. But her role within the Nitro Girls was she did the choreography and some of the costume design. Okay. Very talented lady. AC Jazz was the... She was a cheerleader for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we'll get a lot of those. A lot of the women from the Nitro Girls were cheerleaders for the Atlanta Falcons. I think it was very (laughs) good time management on Kimberly's behalf to be like, you know what? Her, her, her... Her and her. I'm pretty sure the Atlanta Falcons like literally played down the road from the, oh, yeah. the Turner headquarters. They, did, yeah. they so. probably had season tickets from like <laughs> yeah. Disney or whatever. Then we have Spice. Ah, Spice. Spice, also known as Melissa Bellin. She, Spice, danced for the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games wow. in front of President Clinton. Wow. Before joining the Nitro Girls. So she was a big deal. Like she was an yeah. already a very established, very successful dancer and cheerleader. So it's interesting, you because know, you know, you were mentioned you mentioned like, the ECW earlier about like sourcing women, and this is a far cry from Paul Heyman taking some of the boys down to the Bada Bing to see who they can hire. Yeah. We also have Fire. Fire. She's the redhead. Uh, she's the redhead, uh, also known as Terry Byrne. And she is interesting because as you know, we mentioned that at the start or for the first year or two, Nitro Girls didn't do any storylines. As soon as there was any whiff of a storyline, she was out the door. Smart lady. Smart lady. Uh, week, you know, the week where they threw like mashed potato at her or whatever it was. She was like, I'm done. Yeah, literally next week she was gone. You have to pay me know? much more for this. <laughs> and it's on my OnlyFans only. <laughs> next we have Tigress. Ah, Tigress. Yes, I know Tigress. Yeah. We have Teo. Teo. Ah, Teo. Teo, who was the most kind of uh, decorated dancer in the group. She was one of the original lineup of Nitro Girls. Mm. And she owned a professional dance studio as well. And all I could say is that there was only one person when she was asked, was there any of the Nitro Girls you didn't like? Kimberly was like, Teo. Yeah, I, I didn't like <laughs> uh, Teo. I didn't like Teo. I really didn't like Teo. And uh, more on Teo later in the episode, folks. Yeah. Y- you will... Right this second, whatever you're thinking right now about Teo, you will never believe no. where the Teo story will go no, next. No, you have no idea. Yes, Teo. Teo was uh, also a cheerleader for the Atlanta Falcons. Next, we have Shay, also known as Shay Ann. Oh, she rose to infamy because she was one of the Nitro girls where I believe she had a, a wardrobe malfunction. And this was like this ah. legendary thing where it was <laughs> in the sheer interview. I watched with Kimberly, and they were like, uh, "Any any memories about uh, the, uh, the 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 incident with uh, with Shane? Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, the, the incident, the, uh, the 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 nipple slip?" Put and your she's fucking like, "Fucking dick away, man!" Well, we were dancing, and her nipple came out of her top, and then she put it back in. Yeah. I mean, what what more do you want to know? Right, you fucking perv. <laughs> Put your dick away. <laughs> Shay Ann was also a cheerleader for the Atlanta Falcons. So there's gonna be any cheerleaders left. I, I guess if we go and we look, if we go and look at the Atlanta Falcons, how they're doing. 
around 97 I bet because there's no cheerleading yeah it's gone right down the toilet all, <laughs> all the dispirited athletes all the good ones have been taken all the, all the fans are like I don't know what we're going to do now <laughs> yeah. mm. better find a new new hobby uh, next we have Chameleon is that really her name? She's a chameleon, yeah. <laughs> uh, she started off as a sports marketing manager before really? she signed with the Nitro Girls. Yeah. Oh, interesting. She had a very interesting career later on, which we'll, uh, oh, we'll, man. we'll get to. God, sorry, I you know, and I figured that you know a lot of them would kind of... Because I feel like a lot of people, if you're a professional dancer, I mean, I don't always say, you know, type A personality or whatever No, you're it right, is, though. But like, I kind of do believe that if you're one of those go-getter overachievers yeah it's no surprise to me if we find out later that a lot of these nitro girls go on to do like kind of amazing things in business oh, and all that yeah yeah but the fact that we're already like before you were a nitro girl yeah. she, we've executives and stuff yeah, that's fucking already amazing. really established and you know these would have been young women that have only been the, the you know their early 20s yeah. for the most part and they've already a lot of them have accomplished so much seriously <laughs> they've accomplished a lot more than a lot of the men who'd be looking down their nose at I know <laughs> what are you looking at Scott Steiner she's a fucking executive <laughs> next we have Baby also known as Shannon McNeil no yep. no yep. you did not call a Nitro girl Baby yep. Baby and of course she was never allowed to dance in the in the corner in there with the turnbuckles the, they never put Baby in no. the corner the crossover of names between like, I mean, they've basically got all of the Spice Girls because they've got Baby yeah. Spice, they've got Spice, Spice, <laughs> Spice, Spice. They've got Fire, which is basically the same as, as Ginger. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. They got Garlic Spice. Garlic they got... Spice. <laughs> uh, baby started off as one of the... <laughs> and, uh, Johnny, you watched the Nitro this week? Oh, I love, love it. I, I mean, I, I tune in for the Nitro Girls, if I'm honest. Really, who's your favourite Nitro Girl? Oh, I love baby. Yeah. I love I love baby. baby. Um, I love baby. I just yeah, baby my favorite. What can I say? Baby like, my favorite. Uh, yeah, she is. She's great. I love baby so much. I can't speak. Baby my favorite. I'm gonna name my first daughter baby. I'm <laughs> such a fan of baby. I uh, my parents' friends have a cat called baby. That's weird. Like it's that's weird so too. Weird. It's so weird. If it's that weird for a fucking cat, it's way weirder for a professional <laughs> dancer to be called baby. <laughs> Hi, I'm Baby. Oh, God. Um, but Baby, she started off as uh, one of... She was also a cheerleader. And interesting, Baby, when she very first started off, she was actually a baby. Okay. Like, re- originally, right. <laughs> going way back. <laughs> <laughs> baby was also a cheerleader, but not for the Atlanta Falcons. She was, <laughs> she was from the Honeybees Cheerleading Squad. What the heck is that? I have no idea. Next, we have Chiquita, also known as Chiquita Anderson. Um, not much to say about her career before she signed with the Nitro Girls, but we've got a little bit about her after leaving the okay. Nitro Girls, which we'll talk about later. We also have Naughty A. Also Naughty known, A? Naughty A, known as Jamie Cragwell. These literally sound like stands. Like, I know. <laughs> this is this Naughty is my stand, A. Naughty A. <laughs> <laughs> this is my stand, baby. <laughs> Not baby. <laughs> baby can stop the world. A lot of JoJo's fans where they're like, well, actually, there was a stand. Let's yeah, <laughs> Billy tweeting in. <laughs> Next, we have now this member actually had two names in the Nitro Girls. Her actual name is Jennifer Bankale, mm-hmm. and she was originally called Sapphire. 
Sweet Sapphire. Sapphire, yeah. But she actually had to change her name after the WWF's legal team informed WCW that they owned the rights to the name they Sapphire. Do, yeah. Because of obviously Dusty. We did the yeah. Dusty Rhodes episode. Sapphire was one of their, their talents. Oh, I thought what had happened there when I saw Sapphire was in the Nitro Girls. I thought what it was was that when uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase bought Sapphire. Oh, he, he sold her, her in there. <laughs> and You're just used to tune girl. in. My sweet Sapphire happened to dance with that Jezebel. <laughs> Kimberly Page, I can't stand it. <laughs> So they changed then her name from Sapphire to Star. Okay. Spelled with two R's. Two R's. Yep. Interesting. That, that, that's so funny. Like, that's re- I, I mean, it was invariably going to happen, was it, that someone was going to run a file of I copyrights. Know. So many women, so many names to come up with. It just shows, though, that it's like, it's wrestling is such an insular world because I genuinely would have thought that the Spice Girls would have sued before the WWF. Yeah, God. But I think WWF and WCW... I know. Looking and, for and any excuse. ECW. So these lads were like kind of a three snakes eating each other's arseholes the whole way. <laughs> just like absolutely locked in this never ending. Yeah. You know, I think it was great. Litigious. Yeah. When those companies went out of business, like a bunch of lawyers like, oh, what are we going to do now? Like, you know, we don't have pedantic lawsuits to file anymore. Imagine arguing that in front of a judge like exhibit a summer slab 89. As you can yeah. clearly see, sweet Sapphire was a WWF. <laughs> Next, we have Siren, spelled with a Y. Okay, interesting. Did she, like, sing and draw wrestlers from the WCW power plant to their early demise? Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> her actual name is Alison Farrell. There's not much information of her out there. I don't think, yeah, she, was, uh, she wasn't a main member. I think it's worth pointing out as well. There is that core group of, like, kind of six to eight, but there were a lot of Nitro, like, there was a lot of, like, one-night-only Nitro yes. girls and stuff like that. Yeah. It's worth mentioning as well. Uh, next up, we have Gold and Silver, the only twins of the Nitro Girls, because as we were saying, there's got to be every type of girl and yeah. twins. Twins is, is it's, it's a own type of girl. Like. Type of girl. <laughs> that, I mean, honestly, you can kind of also draw the comparisons between like what were being used to advertise beer at the time. Mm. Like we've got hot twins. Yeah. So right, we're advertising that for beer. We'll advertise WCW that way as well. Uh, it's funny you say that. They are the same twins. Really? Their real names are Diane and Elaine. And I'm so sorry for this. I'm probably butchering this name. Klimazowski. Um, they were famous for being the cause light twins. Oh, I see. God. So they are some of the most famous twins in the world. Not to be confused with the Miller Light catfight girls who are different. No, cause light uh, twins are different. Different yeah. beer babes. But yeah, that was gold and silver. Now wow. I was thinking if you were a twin and you had to be called gold and silver, do you think they took turns? I'd hope so. In who got to be gold. You have gold and silver. The other week you have gold and platinum. The outfits oh. will still be the same, and the well, egos I'm, will be boosted. I'm diamond, and platinum, and diamond. Yeah, that. that I'm, I'm unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Who's just seen Avatar? <laughs> it's Joe Graham. <laughs> Next, we have Storm. Ah, I'm very familiar with Storm. She's probably one of the biggest names in wrestling that came yeah, from Nitro Girls. Definitely one of the most successful names from the Nitro Girls. Real name Charmel Sullivan, and yeah, I mean, may as well get it straight off the bat. Booker T's wife. Yes, who was also Queen Charmel yep. in WWE. Yep. She, she's been a character on screen quite a lot, and I will say as well, I met, I met her when I was at WrestleMania many, many moons ago. Mm. Not in like a, I'm queuing up to meet you, just she was organising the event where I was queuing up what? to meet people. And she was... So nice. Really? Just like... Professional. Total pro. Yeah. Knew exactly how to, to, to handle a fucking giant arena full of wrestling fans who wanted to see people. I mean, 
when you watch the Nitro Girls, there's a few members who just come across as being like next level stars. Yeah. She's one of them where she just has this level of like competency or whatever it confidence is. Confidence in herself yeah. as well. Like she understands the point of that role and she does it perfectly. Not many people could see the Nitro Girls as like kind of an opportunity or a jumping yeah. off point quite like she did. Because I think we're going to talk about the, the, the bikini pay-per-view spectacular in a moment. Yeah. And even there you can tell... You know, this lady is is angling for a future in the, in the business. Like, oh, yeah. You know. But she was really successful in her own right way before she signed with the Nitro was Girls. Was she a pro, pro dancer as well, then? She may well have been a pro dancer, but the thing I actually read about her that I thought was really interesting was she was the winner of the 1991 Miss Black America. Really? Of course! Which is, like, you know, a massive deal. Yeah, no, because I remember she used to come out um, when she was with Booker with T. sash. She had the sash and the, yeah, the tiara the crown, and yeah. stuff like that. Wow, how, it was a legitimate tiara amazing i like that she went from miss black america to queen charmel she's just like her career of wearing crowns yeah it's, you know, it's evolution like <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> next we have possibly the most famous member of the nitro girls mm-hmm. sky ah sky now stacy keebler i was job. gonna say because everyone's probably like what sky i've never heard of sky but yeah stacy keebler is her real name my mind was blown when I found out Stacey Keebler was a Nitro girl. Yeah, how, how so? Like? Well, because I heard of Stacey Keebler like years and years and years ago. Like Stacey Keebler, she's like so famous and also very eye-catching. Yeah, like, she's one of the most, she's a, yeah. the longest lady in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, like she looks like a legitimate Barbie doll. And so then to find out that like her career actually was launched as a direct result of being in the Nitro Girls, that's how she found her fame was yeah. through... I mean, we'll talk about more in a second, but like she she basically won a competition to join the Nitro Girls and she did so well that then she actually ended up being the most successful probably out of all of them. Yeah, I, I think she would be someone who I'd love to do an episode of yes. someday just because I just find, you know, we can spend hours and days and I've spent years bemoaning like what the state of women's wrestling was back in those days. But like if you can like look at that and jump into it fucking head first and mm-hmm. come out like... That that lady's a that's a successful woman is all I can say oh, right absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and like she probably had to eat plates and plates of dog shit in the world of wrestling to get to where she is now. And I think it's probably, a very, yeah. F- but like, yeah, again, that's a, a an entry point that many people wouldn't have considered. Yeah, a contest to get on WCW Nitro <laughs> to dance. She only entered because her boyfriend at the time loved WCW. <laughs> And she didn't really care for wrestling that much. But then when he st- he started getting her into it and was like, you know, see, it's fun. It's it's wrestling. It's fun. She was like, oh, okay, it's kind of fun. And he was basically like dared her to to sign up for the competition. She was a che- I know she was a cheerleader as well. She had done like Baltimore various, whatever, yeah. I think she'd done modeling and yeah. cheer- cheering and dance and stuff like that. But yeah, she, she actually only joined up for a bit of fun. She didn't think... She never thought she was going to actually make it. And I know she was one of the, the later additions to the Nitro Girls. Yes. I think they had that contest. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but that was kind of... Uh, yeah, something that came start towards the end. The and you better believe that Kimberly Page was fucking delighted that there was oh, a, yeah. a contest to have new, younger versions of uh, uh-huh. of the existing Nitro Girls. <laughs> and final member of the Nitro Girls, who is not an official member, but I have to mention her because it would just be, I think, disrespectful not to. We have Beef, also known as Rhonda Singh. That's Bertha Faye. Bertha Faye, yeah legendary women's wrestler right there absolute legend legitimate proper serious wrestler she was she was like i don't know 
some cruel twist of fate and you see people and you're like kind of goddamn if they were born like five six years ahead of time or in I the know. past yeah life would have been completely like, completely different completely different she's another person who would be a great episode yeah. to do on someday absolutely and her career is really sad like For the sure. stuff the way yeah. she was booked in the nitro girls is really humiliating like mm. she was booked basically as a comic relief character yeah because i mean she she didn't fit the the stereotypical body shape mold of what they perceived hot women to look like. So she was booked as like a joke. Well, that was that was part of in the tail end of the Nitro Girls, the very yeah, tail end. Yeah, it's really dark. Is that Vince Russo? When Russo of came course. in, he didn't. He he saw he saw he had all these hot ladies on TV who all have characters yeah. and strong, you know, brands or whatever you want to call it. And then it's like, well, we got to use them on TV, and that's when you know pies started getting thrown and Nitro Girls started wrestling and. Oh, all of a sudden there's a, a fat it's Nitro ridiculous. Girl who we make fun of. Make the you know? Nitro Girls who have no, like, they, they're basically dancers. Make them wrestle and then get the actual wrestler to do sexy dance. Like, it's just so, that's so Vince Russo in a yeah. nutshell. Like, fucking hell, what an idiot jabroni. Even an idea as foolproof as the Nitro Girls. Yeah. Because honestly, the Nitro Girls, it's like, for for that time period... I think that was like a bulletproof thing that they were doing. It it, mm. ple- it was it was good for everyone, other yeah. than the few grumbly wrestlers or whatever it is. Don't fuck with the formula. Yeah, you literally. know, easy peasy. You if know? it works, it works. Be very grateful for that. Yeah, but God. no, Vince Russo is gonna fucking stir his pot. <laughs> so, Joe, I think it'd be a good idea to talk about uh, the very first of the Nitro Girls dance routines that we watched. Because it was three weeks that she was given and she hustled up a, a couple of ladies from all walks of life in Atlanta. And the Nitro Girls did their debut on the 14th of July in 1997. And let me tell you, this was one of the most... I mean, it was exhausting to watch. <laughs> Let's just yeah. say. Um, if you had told me beforehand that it was only three weeks they had to prepare this, I would have been shocked because it felt like they had three hours to I throw know. this thing together. It's like they were literally running around going, does anyone want to be on Nitro? Do you want do you know how to dance on a chair? This was intense for a lot of the wrong reasons, I think. And is this kind of like... This massive hype up that they do for it, it really feels like they're about to debut like a massive wrestling star or whatever because the lights go down. Mm. There's this big like warn you, 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 synth that's like bring, and everyone is like starting to stand up and like this fever pitch. This has been DJ Ran. I, I think when DJ Ran, he did do the music for the Nitro Girls. Yeah, yeah. Nice. even up until the final Nitro, he was wow. he was there. You know, you found fan cam footage of him just filming yeah, backstage. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, the last, last episode of Nitro. It's like the most jazzy funeral you've ever been to. <laughs> But like, you have all this hype, all this like dry ice, all the the lasers are going off, and then out comes Kimberly Page, who is immediately like she has like kind of that short, anxious breath, and her microphone's not working. Yeah, it's not on. Oh, it don't start off well, Joe. Oh no, it's really cringe, and like she's got a hella outfit on, and I can say that oh, about yeah. most Nitro Girls oh, yeah. performances. AC Jazz did a spectacular job of the costume designs. Always, they're always really like. Okay, they're not always really well in sync, but they always look amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that <laughs> it bears mentioning as well. I've watched so much Attitude Era wrestling over the years for my job, and I've seen ladies, you know, in bikinis wrestling in big wedge boots and it looking like they're going to fall over any second. Yeah. Seeing dancers do it. Yeah. yeah. That's because they're not just going to grab hair and roll around and slap. These guys are like jumping off the top rope doing splits and like they're doing that with some, like we got some hammer toes coming down the line here. Oh. 
It looks excruciating. Yeah. I, I don't know, like... I don't... People maybe need to take the moment to realise, like, the physical nature of doing a dance like so that. So hard, yeah. I guess uh, wrestling is the only place where someone could do that and it'd be scoffed at by their peers and be like, ugh, wasting yeah, time. Yeah, I fucking, like, like see wrestlings try and do that in heels. It's way harder. The only person who could look at that and have any sort of empathy is Macho Man Randy Savage, who spent most of his on career tip-toes. on tippity toes <laughs> on wedge heels. Yeah. Like. <laughs> But like just the way that everyone is announced, she's like, it's Spice, it's Sky, Shay. <laughs> the music is really sad as well. It is, like, it's like a, it is like a funeral. It is. What, what was DJ Ram thinking when he picked this sad music? I think it's meant to be like awe-inspiring. Is it? You know, kind of like if you, went to a, if you went to a laser show at a planetarium or no. something like that. You know? No, it's not like that. Now, I think there is an art in dance. I believe I believe in the urban dance world, they call this freestyling. Right. Uh, I believe there is a way that you can have a troop of six different ladies all do different things and it kind of seemed like, whoa, look over here, they're doing that. And we saw some contemporary dance recently. Yeah. And there was a lot of that where like, there was 20 people on stage and you look at every corner, it was a feature of the eyes or people paired off doing all cool different things and yeah. it all seemed to be in sync. What we have here is six... What we have here is five trained dancers mm-hmm. and Kimberly Page at various points just doing kind of whatever. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's because they're all out of time or if it's like me when I was playing recorder at my wood and only recital where I'm like, huh, I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> it feels like there's a lot of people going into business for themselves here, Joe. Yeah, and I think this is just more evidence of the fact that they didn't have enough time to like practice and rehearse because it just does feel very rushed. Like yeah. they've been put on the spot to freestyle. The real telling part of it is at the few moments where they're all like doing the same thing mm. and you have like these six ladies in the background all in pretty decent timing and then up front Kimberly Page just doing something else she's, she's out of sync with the big smile like yeah everyone she does it so confidently wrong That's it, yeah. you can't really tell that it's not supposed to look like that Kimberly Page absolutely pushes the upper limits of if you are you know confident and look put together you can kind of do whatever and people will think you're doing it on purpose yeah you know but if you really look at this with a fine tooth comb <laughs> It's a bit lost. Oh, no, for sure, yeah. You know, it is very endearing, I will say. Because she gives it fucking, she gives it mustard. Oh, yeah, she does, yeah. I can actually imagine that that was probably one of her frustrations with the other girls is that they maybe didn't try as hard as she did. Like, for all her, I don't say flaws, because it's not flaws, but like she's maybe lacking in skill in the way that other girls in the Nitro Girls weren't. But she she makes up for it in confidence and just like trying really hard. And I mean, like that's a big part of, you know, WCW over the years. This was a company where, you know, Eric Bischoff, David Flair, Vince Russo, these are all lads who main evented pay-per-views. Mark Madden, Mean Gene, like all these non-wrestlers were expected to go and do wrestling stuff. And that happened even before Russo was involved. So... You know, it's the most wrestling thing in the world, which is like, hey, fake it till you make it. Yeah. If you can't do it, we expect you to put on a performance. Yeah. And Kimberly exemplifies yeah, that. Yeah, she does. You know? She does, yeah. There are these spots they do at the end where they're all like stand on these chairs and they're meant to do like splits off of them. Aww. I was like, I was watching a spot from like CZW because they nearly <laughs> guillotine so themselves. Scary. 
and then it ends and they're all near the corners and I don't think they realise the pyro goes off and they're like Bleh! it's just Shay like falls off a chair yeah, she nearly breaks her leg and that's oh, not me laughing at her nearly breaking a leg by the way she was fine she lands okay she it, doesn't break a leg it's just like someone like they were walking out and someone gave them all chairs and go do something with this yeah like, okay and I will say in spite of the shoddy nature of it in terms of you know the mic's not working the music doesn't fit the choreography is muck in this yeah. first instance. There's not much choreography involved, I don't think. They got a big pop from the audience. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, how starved the WCW yeah. audience were for, for some women, ladies. Yeah. Like, you know? They're like, oh my God, yes. Thank fuck. Like. Yeah. I think like in the subsequent dances we watched, it was almost always better. We watched yes. some from like, yeah. we put in like Nitro Girls and then like, you know, 97, 98, 99, you know, and 00, 00 and 01. Mm. And every time we, we popped in there, it felt like, it was more kind of put together, usually shorter. You'd get like 10, 15 second blasts of them doing something really choreographed. Yeah. But like, it it worked. Yeah. You know, it really got the fans going. Yeah. I thought it was, um, it was something where it did seem immediately like they were on to something. Mm. And I was really shocked to find out the kind of mainstream appeal and the crossover that they did get because... WWF had that in spades during these late 90s periods, this late 90s period where, you know, wrestlers were appeared on chat shows, on, on, on TV programs, guest starring and whatnot. You didn't get it as much with WCW, but the Nitro Girls, they were on Regis and Kathy Lee Live. That was like, wow. the, that's the breakfast show in America. You know, they were on, they had a penthouse spread as well. God. Their calendar sold a million units. Wow. It was the biggest piece, biggest selling piece of WCW merchandise other than the NWO shirt that they had. Jesus. And I, I you know, I considered myself a knowledgeable enough wrestling fan. I wouldn't have even thought that that could have been the yeah. case, you know? And they had one of their most successful pay-per-view outings of all time with the Nitro Girls Swimsuit Calendar Pay-Per-View Spectacular, which we watched, Joe. I bet there's going to be people upset that we didn't do this for Pay-Per-View Classic. Oh, fuck damn it <laughs> um what did you think this was going to be when we sat down to watch it and let me tell you there's nothing like starting off your first monday back in january yeah by <laughs> nestling in and watching some 90s babes in bikinis uh-huh. talking about being 90s babes in bikinis <laughs> i i don't know why i expected there to be wrestling i think when, really? you, when you tell me it's a nitro pay-per-view that's true I just expected wrestling. I mean, not just wrestling, but like, I thought there'd be, you know, sexy babes in Mm. bikinis, but between the matches. What, like women's wrestling? No, I thought there'd be like men's wrestling. That's what we get, like Nash versus Goldberg and then... And then they come out in bikinis and stuff. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh, what, like this is less weird than that. I know, but just imagine the shit they would kick off where it'd be like, yeah, Scott, we need you. We need you Saturday in Daytona. Why? What's going on? Um, well, uh... The Nitro Girls are having a bikini pay-per-view spectacular. We need to have a match in the middle of it. So uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, it's going to be kind of like we're flipping it on its head. You know, we'll, we'll cut back and the men will be wrestling to hype us up for the Nitro <laughs> Girls this time instead. I just don't see that going over well. Like, no, you know. I guess not. Um, <laughs> there's not many supposedly titillating pay-per-view specials that one could watch that begin with Tony Schiavone here to get us in the mood. <laughs> um, this, is, this is something of like... Um, a time capsule, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is very, very 1999, Joe. Yeah, definitely. So we got a nice lineup of ladies here. Yeah. We got Shay, we got Spice, Fire, AC Jazz, Storm, Tigress, and 
the leader of the Night Show Girls. That's right, everyone. Kimberly Page is here as well. Oh my god, Kimberly Page is here? Yeah, she's the leader of the Nitro Girls. It's me, Kimberly Page. She, she literally says that yeah. <laughs> at one point. So, Joe, uh, they all introduce themselves. They do. We've got some, uh, some characters here on tap. Yeah, so first of all, it's Fire. Fire says, I have red hair and a pretty hot temper. And the other girls say about Fire, she's selfish, she doesn't give good gifts, and she pouts. Wow. Sounds amazing, like. <laughs> <laughs> Next, it's Tigress. They have nothing to say about Tigress. Tigress didn't have anything to say. No. But Spice is sassy. Yeah, Spice, I'm all sass. Um, it's Storm next. Ah, yes. I'm the intense one. Immediately, even in the three-second window we have here of an introduction, she seems like the star of the group. I don't know why she says I'm the intense one, though, because that's not very sexy i don't know maybe because she's probably got like fucking more important things to do at the moment like you know she just feels like a busy lady like an important person you yeah know? i guess um <laughs> it's shay next i'm the playful one she, aka she wears hats yeah they just show her wearing hats. various hats yeah very wacky next it's ac jazz AC Jazz is weird. She is. And like, She's probably our favourite member of Nitro Girls. Uh, yeah, and I don't think like when Kimberly was like, I had all these different ones. Like, you know, I had the hot Asian lady yeah. and then the hot redhead and the, the really weird, yeah, aloof the weird lady. One, yeah. AC Jazz is a character is all I'll say. Yeah, as is evidenced by the fact that in her introduction, so bear in mind, everyone else is like, I have red hair and a hot temper and I'm all sass. AC Jazz comes out and says... I have no reason. Yeah, I'm AC Jazz and I have no reason. What does that mean? I don't know. It sounds like a Scott Steiner promo, yeah. doesn't it? Like, you know? Um, AC Jazz proves herself to be a peculiar a peculiar individual as we go through this. Yeah. Kimberly Page introduces herself here and at various points on this all-work business bikini holiday where they're shooting a pay-per-view and making a calendar at the same time, mm-hmm. depending on when you catch Kimberly, she's in various different modes and there's no mode for Kimberly Page quite like, I'm here in my bikini and I'm so busy, guys. Yeah. I have so much admin to do. And she's got like receipts and like, you yeah. know, contracts. She is so fucking done with being a Nitro girl at this point. Yeah. It's not even funny, like. Yeah. So, yeah, all the other girls are like, I'm playful. I'm intense. I have no reason. <laughs> Kimberly just goes, I'm a very busy person. And then that's it. And she sat there and be like, you know, what I like about the Nitro Girls is that there are so many different, um, you know, personalities. And I, um, I'm overjoyed with the success that we've had. <laughs> now, I should point out as well, you know, she got her pay bump around this time because of oh. Tori Wilson's contract. And the classic instance of more money, additional problems. Right. With the higher pay came greater expectations from, from Turner Broadcasting. And she found it even more stressful. And she was at this point actively looking for an out i think from her responsibilities as chief executive nitro girl wrangler because she doesn't i mean i'm not not to say that she doesn't do much because i'm sure backstage she's doing loads but on this pay-per-view she doesn't do much at all no like she's there in a nice outfit occasionally like in an elevator obviously going off to some (laughs) swanky dinner with eric Like, it doesn't seem... Like, the other girls have to do, like... They work out in the gym. They do photo shoots. They go on jet skis. They're, you know, modelling at the beach. And then every time we see Kimberly, she's like, all right, I'm off to dinner. 
Yeah, like there is there is literally one bit when at the start when they're all in the pool like splashing each other, yeah, going, and like into the foreground, like straight in front of everyone. Kimberly Page literally floats in on a lilo, like yeah. laid down, being like, "Hi, <laughs> don't pay attention to those girls. It's me, Kimberly." <laughs> I mean, the fact that she's not doing it as like a heel character is mind blowing to me at this point. Yeah, it's pretty really funny. She does go on to later have kind of a, a heel run or whatever it was yeah. that was kind of all you know self centered and stuff like that. But it's just like passive aggression is not what you expect. From like kind of a babe pay per view. I don't know if there's a better term for what it is they're offering here. Babe per view. <laughs> they talk at length about how being a nitro girl is like a true sisterhood. Yeah. I didn't really buy the bonds. No. They all mm. talk about the friendships that they have and the bonds and stuff, and they love each other. And but do you know what's funny though, Shay? What's that? <laughs> we get along like. Like crazy, ah, like whoa, ah. and I see you every day. We have fun every day, every day, even when she's annoying. Ah. Ah. I sometimes want to scream as loud ah. as I can, ah. you know. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, we they have a bit then where they're all in the pool pouring water on each other's breasts. There's so low energy, just like women do. We often hang out in the pool and pour water on each other's breasts. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's what you do when you're in a pool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in comes AC Jazz. We're f- filming her from behind. She's in a thong and she takes her top off. Uh, well, she has no reason, Joe. She has no reason not to take her top off. Yeah, and there's very much here a distinction early on between the girls who are okay with doing, and this is all very like PG-13, the whole thing, mm. but there's obviously a distinction between the girls who are comfortable being on the edgier side, of the P- yeah. being on the 13 side, and the girls who are very much the PG side. Yeah. Because there's certain girls who talk about where they like to eat and working out, and then there are girls who are taking off their tops. Yeah. You know, or having exactly. their butts rubbed or being covered in oil or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's AC Jazz and Shay seem to be the two girls who are happy to kind of do the more sexual stuff happy to or are left to do or the lower there seems to be a pecking order of some sort here yeah, i think you know or, or a hierarchy i guess yeah you know so yeah they're in they're in the pool pouring water on each other and they start talking about secrets it's a big theme of this pay-per-view is is secrets i i think this must have been a thing because i mean i was a late bloomer god bless so yeah. i can't really talk about what uh what 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 men were into in the late nineties? I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to ask: Is having secrets sexy? I I never got that. No, you know, but this seems to, like it's mentioned so many times. It seems to be like there's nothing sexier than a lady with a secret. Yeah, you know. But I feel like if they're all taking off each other's tops and pouring water on each other's breasts, having secrets is besides the point in terms of titillation. I guess. Yeah, I it is interesting though. So yeah, they're, they're talking about each other's secrets. Kimberly says that she doesn't have any secrets. <laughs> Sorry, when you said like secrets, if it's like a hot thing, I just thought of CM Punk, like for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, whatever about a girl crying, but a girl who's just got like loads of like real like dark secrets. And <laughs> she, of, she can't tell anyone. Loads of skeletons in her closet. <laughs> I love that. Um, so then they're done with talking about secrets. and For now. Kim says she has secrets. No, she says she doesn't have any secrets. Well, no, they're like... Kim, you've got secrets. She's like, girls, everyone knows I have no secrets, so drop it. Oh, right. Yeah, no, you're right. She does have secrets. 
They 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 tease that. Mm, interesting. Mm, what secrets could they be? So and then we it's time we're told for some beautiful sunrise shots. We're going to be shown some videos of sunrise. And I, I'll tell you, if I see anyone getting shots at sunrise, be it on Instagram or wherever it is, people will share their pictures. I just can't help but think you must be fucking exhausted. I've seen the sunrise many a time yeah. in my life. Almost all of those times I went to bed straight afterwards. I just think. If I want to see a sunrise, I don't want to see someone in the way. The lighting isn't very good at sunrise or sunset as well. Like, golden hour is much better. There's a lot that happens here. And I, I hate, I hate to, to call WWF Divas uh, in hedonism or, or tropical paradise here. But mm. it's one of these things, like, when you're watching a wrestling pay-per-view and you don't t- you take for granted a lot of the things that are done well mm. like oh they do replays at the right time or the camera is in the right place here and i didn't think i'd find myself nitpicking at a wcw bikini pay-per-view quite as much because there's a lot of stuff here that feels like you guys haven't got like the a team the photographers here i know because the amount of times where as you said the lighting is all wrong yeah you know or there is lengthy sequences here with ac jazz where they're shooting her yeah and she looks furious because the sun is right in her eyes. Right in her eyes. And she's eyes. like... Yeah. <laughs> Pulling the weirdest faces. Like, she's honestly, she looks like she's trying to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unsexy. And this is like... Imagine such a... trying to take a shit and someone's like got a high-powered yeah. torch in your eyes. That's it's, what she looks like. It's impressive how unsexy... <laughs> she's a very sexy lady. They, they do her dirty here. They do her so dirty. And it's like, why would you... You know, this is the lady who's happy to take her top off and pour water on her tits. So make her look nice. Make like, her look give nice. Her, yeah. like, light her well. Let's put her cross in the best possible way. No, no. They're going to shine a fucking torch in her face like a hostage video. Yeah. There's... It's so bad. Because the one thing I always notice and again it could just be you know good actors good team players whatever it may be but generally speaking most of the the women in wwf who've spoken in shoot interviews and stuff about going on those these types of pay-per-views that they would do it was always a really positive experience because they go to this like five-star resort the the team that they had the photographers they're all like top top of the top like super super great and everyone got on really really well the photographers here, we cut to them a few times. Oh my fucking God. Jerry and David. They're ve- Yeah, Jerry and David. They're very much like, can you believe we get a hang around with bikini being nice, like high five, let's literally. go to the buffet. Like They are literal cartoon pigs. They're caricatures of what you worry might be the types of people who'd be taking pictures of women in bikinis they're in the 90s. They're fucking constantly like, I love my job. Well, do it right then. They're Honestly, they're so bad at their jobs. And uh, the other thing we've not mentioned yet is the posing. Oh God. The posing is really bad like i've done a couple of like modeling things and with a good photographer you have the photographer tell you what to pose like they'll like give you suggestions and be like right put your hands behind your head or pull this type of face or just stick your bum out or stuff like this and there's none of that with these guys jerry and david don't give up they're too busy fucking wanking like (laughs) They're just like, I'm so horny right now. Like, fucking put your dick away and actually do your job and make this woman look her best. There is one instruction I, I definitely can tell you that they did give them. Because... Take your top off. <laughs> That's it. Well, no, no. The one I was going to say was there's a number of times, particularly with AC Jazz, where she's like grimacing in the sun and you can literally see the moment they're like, you have to smile. And she goes, <laughs> ah, Ow. I'm happy I'm getting this shit out of me at least. <laughs> the music as well. Literally sounds like a cross between N64 oh, so tropical music or something you'd hear on like 
royalty free. Yeah, like an elevator or yeah. something. It's it's really fucking bad. We are told so there's the beautiful sunrise shots. We're told we're gonna see uh, Shay in the sun in the sunset. You don't really see any sunrise. Just it's just because the lighting is really bad. It's just a silhouette of Shay's body. Just yeah. you know, it's a good body. But then immediately it cuts to Kimberly Page. It's like, <laughs> and now we see the beautiful Shay. With me, Kimberly Page. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. Who's much better lit, more yeah. featured, more in focus. Really lovely outfit. And the first thing they discuss then is how Shay is beautiful. <laughs> Most of the time, that is. Most of the time. Because they're, they're ragging on her for when she had a nip slip, which I believe is Shay's secret. Yeah, so they're like, well, actually, you're not always beautiful, are you, Shay? Like that one time in Minneapolis. So embarrassing. Right, number one, that's a fucking horrible way of saying that someone had a nip slip. Also, that means she's not beautiful. <laughs> do, you, do you understand the, the audience that you... I thought you did. I really thought you did. It's so like aggressive. It's just mean and cruel. I just don't like it. Shay, it's, it's absolutely fucking disgusting. And actually, this is a, a counts as your performance review as well. So uh, you Remember when to... we saw your gross fucking nipple, Shay? Ew. Never again. Never again. But Shay, she says she actually planned the nip slip. She says it was all marketing, baby. Well, I'll tell you something. You type in Nitro Girls into Google, someone who constantly, other than Kimberly and, say, Stacey Keebler, like kind of the the, the people who are names outside of the Nitro Girls, Mm. and and Charmel, obviously, I think Shay is the most kind of, the the, the Nitro Girl with the most notoriety. Yeah. It's... The nip slip was very enduring and endearing to, to many wrestling fans. Mm. They've, they've held on to that for I better or for worse. bet they did, yeah. Um, so now they're talking about hobbies. Ah, yes. AC Jazz, this is her secret. They're all talking about a- secrets again. This was very strange how they pitched us because they were like, AC Jazz may seem like the all-American girl, but don't let her fool you. She's got a secret. Yeah, and then AC Jazz is like, I don't have any secrets. They're like, yes, you do. Remember that one time I went to your house? And she's like, oh, yeah. She vacuums naked. Yeah, she vacuums naked. And she eats ice cream. What? You guys, you said you wouldn't tell anyone. Shut up. (laughs) It's, um, yeah, it's... (laughs) It, It reminds me a lot of, like... The Only Way is Essex or Made in Chelsea or like one of these kind of shows where everyone is just told literally five minutes before the camera is rolling, like, you're going to say this, just talk about this for yeah. five minutes. And they're like, uh, can you believe this thing? Mm-hmm. And it's somehow less natural than yeah. those reality shows because the thing is this happened in 1999 before those shows existed. So they don't have a point of reference. Yes, exactly. At least if you watch like a modern season of say, uh, made in Chelsea, the people on that have probably watched the first four seasons. Yeah. So they know what they they're get meant the point. to do. Mm-hmm. These girls are kind of a bit rudderless here. Yeah. You know, what, what are we actually meant to say or do? Yeah, And how are we supposed to do it? So, um, then AC Jazz starts talking about her photo shoot that she got to do on this little holiday and how she got to do it with a stingray. She was very excited about the stingray. She's obviously a bit of a nerd. I mean, she her reaction to a stingray is the same reaction that you and I have had anytime yeah. we've seen the stingray. I like I like that a lot about her. Yeah. She likes stingrays. That was um, the most relatable thing about her. She says, um, then I got to rollerblade. It was awesome. I had fabric. It was amazing. She's so fucking weird. She's so weird. Yeah. But she had a bit of fabric. Uh, yeah. She had fabric. Oh, yeah, a bit of fabric in She used she, it as like a kind of a cape when she, she was loved, rollerblading. Loved that fabric. This happened a lot in the Divas shoots as well at the time, and I never understood it. Please 
tweet in if this, if this rings true to you. But women in like heavy scuba gear with dolphins and jet skis is mm. treated as it's like the fucking like it's like a sexy schoolgirl. Like it's every red blooded male's fantasy. Who doesn't want to see a happy young woman in heavy scuba gear spend some time with dolphins and then get on a jet ski? Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Honestly, no, I just I see don't. it. I'm like. That must be stressful to organize. Do you have to have like a license for that? Mm. Are those dolphins okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Occasionally we cut back to Fire and Storm, who didn't seem to get to do any of these beach sunrise shoots. Instead, they are constantly working out at the gym. And I'll com- tell you. They complain all the time. The banter here. These two could have a podcast. Yeah, these two actually had really good chemistry. Because they have literally nothing to talk about and they managed to get like yeah. four or five segments out of it. Although I will say, it is a little bit kind of sad if you think about it too much. Yeah. Because they're just sat there and it's like, it's 6am, I've not eaten anything, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Fire's like, oh my god, I've got this new incredibly hard ab workout <laughs> yeah, to show you. Yeah, you want to try it? And Storm, you can tell, is just like, everyone seems to be in awe of Fire because she seems to be like, she's the one with the body. Yeah, know? she's very, very physically fit. Proper fitness freak. Yeah. And like, everyone kind of is somewhat intimidated by her. So you just have these like two ladies talking about having to work out all the fucking time and like Storm, Charmel, bless her, she looks fucking knackered yeah. and just powers through, mm-hmm. you know? They they have like five segments, I think. Yeah, they do. All set to extremely sitcom music with like a sassy saxophone playing. I, I also thought it was quite dispiriting as well to have Fire and Storm there who seem to be like just giving you the briefest window into like this is how hard it is to be a Nitro girl. You can't eat what you want. You have to work out constantly, early yeah. mornings, late nights, any spare moments you have in the gym. It's a constant grind. As we get older, it's only going to get harder. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the same lady, Fire, giving Kimberly Page a fucking back rub. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there some sort of a, a, a contract here that I'm not aware of? Like, <laughs> good Lord. So it became apparent throughout this bikini pay-per-view spectacular that the nitro girls uh, are only able to do this because of the corporate connections that the turner broadcasting corporation has mm-hmm. including a lengthy sequence here that takes place on the carnival cruise lines that gets a lot of time for their logo and their facilities yeah. now i looked this up and all i could find out about it was that the guy who ran carnival cruise lines was a good friend with ted turner and ted mm. turner like had been on many of his cruises and I'm sorry I've got brain rot from HBO, but I can't hear multimedia company and cruise lines and not think about succession and yeah. all sorts of bad shit happening here. <laughs> you know, I, I got really scared for the Nitro Girls really, really quickly oh. right here. But this is probably the most explicit part of the entire yeah. uh, pay-per-view special where you've got Shay and an inflatable orca and she pretty much... Um, all I'll say is that this would not have been outside of the clips for sale domain, let's just say. Yeah, I'm guessing the reason this got allowed on was because butts weren't as much of a thing back in the 90s. Oh, I'm not talking about the butt bit. I'm talking about before that when she has the inflatable orca and she's literally grinding up That's against it That's what I'm talking about. Pill. It's like a close-up on her butt jiggling. And then we go from that to her having a, a quite an explicit butt massage Yeah. Then. So yeah, they were obviously banking on Shay being everyone's fave, but it does seem like Shay was... She definitely gets the most photo shoot time. Yeah, definitely. But she also seems to be the one who's okay with, like, most comfortable with taking her clothes off. Do you think she got paid more? I... 
It's impossible oh. to find this out. Like I could barely find out about Kimberly's pay. <sighs> But I can't imagine they were being paid much. No, I don't think she'd be paid more. I mean, I, I hope she would. She she is an entrepreneur, like actually now these days. So I hope she would be able to negotiate better pay. And if you're being poached from the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. you imagine you're going to get paid at least equal, if not more than that. Because they, I mean, here's the thing about the Nitro Girls as well is, like the wrestlers, they were... They were traveling, traveling yeah. state to state, city to city. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't getting, you know, say maybe the the, the pay per view bonuses and stuff like that that the men yeah. would, or you know, uh, you know the the accommodations. Let's just say that some of the top star, you know, they weren't getting the the NWO Hogan Hall Nash treatment. No. You know, I imagine you're pretty much at the very bottom rung there in terms of travel and accommodation. But yeah, yeah um, <laughs> Shay gets this kind of lengthy treatment on the Carnival Cruise Lines. Available now, by the way. <laughs> Shay says, this girl gets what she wants and she wants a seaweed wrap. So she gets this massage from... <laughs> a very northern the lady. The most normal northern English lady. It's so weird seeing an English person in like an American bikini babe. Like not to say that English people can't be bikini babes. Obviously they can. No, but, but in the late nineties, very American it's thing. It's so American. It was yeah. like, I'd just been down the shops. And like, then it's like, you you're know. right, love. Like yeah. here I am giving you a massage. Like. And there was something about this Northern lady wrapping Shay in tinfoil that made me immediately think of her as being a baked potato. Like it's, it, <laughs> it became way less glamorous when she was ensconced in tinfoil. Yeah, but then she takes the tinfoil off and she has like just a shower. You just, yes. just basically see her naked. And, Right after the very explicit, like, this is clearly meant to be, you know, the top tier. This is the what the men were tuning in for this bit here. Mm-hmm. It's you all go, been building up to this. And then from there, it cuts right back to Kimberly be like... On a lilac. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's me, Kimberly. Did you know that I might have had a sex tape? <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're talking about secrets again. Again. And they're like, Kimberly has a secret, don't you? And Kimberly's like, I don't have any secrets. And they're like, yeah, you do. Remember that one time you were supposed to send our dance rehearsal video to the new choreographer? And Kim's like, oh, oopsie, yeah. She sent a sex tape, they were saying. She accidentally sent a sex tape. We assume, she didn't say, but we assume between her and DDP, to the choreographer. Now, in fairness... Is that there's a reason why slack-jawed wrestling interviewers are asking Kimberly Page about saucy sex life stuff. Because you're more or less saying it here, yeah. like, you know? Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> and then she opens a bottle of champagne and literally says, little bit of a bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> she was a trailblazer, Kim. She was ahead of her time. Yeah, who you knew know? that Chris Jericho all this time has been referencing the Nitro Girl swimsuit calendar special? Yeah, he left WCW in 99, but he, didn't take, he took a few ideas with him on the way out, Joe. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. It wouldn't be a WCW production without some gi- like legit Jimmy Hart style. I can't believe it's not licensed music. Yeah. Because it sounds like we're going to go straight into Miserloo, which, you know, Paul Heyman used all the time in uh-huh. ECW. But it's, it goes, boom, boom, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, that theme, that music, it conjures up images of Pulp Fiction, of yeah. kind of a certain energy, whatever you want to call it. It really isn't suitable for a montage of girls playing with dolphins. No. It's a, honestly, I've never been a great fan of dolphins. I fucking hate dolphins. And I find them really scary. That's it. You, once you started explaining to me why you find them scary, and I'm like, well, with my degree in zoology, I have nothing to counteract what you're saying. Exactly. Than, yeah, dolphins suck a bit, I guess. They're horrible. They're violent. Like, vi- like actually violent. Like, really aggressive, scary, But they can horrible. be helpful. 
yeah, they can be helpful. They'll help you find uh, I treasure feel in Minecraft. The same way, okay. I feel the same way about dolphins that I do about horses and monkeys. <laughs> so I hate them all. You and, hate them all? Yeah, I hate them all. Wow. Violent, nasty. Horses aren't violent. And we've been to Chester Zoo now where you saw a lot of monkeys that monkeys. you literally screamed at. All right, so, the, the tiny ones are tiny allowed. Ones, yeah. The ones that are the size of my thumb. They're, so they're okay. If there were tiny little dolphins, they'd be okay. I think I still wouldn't like them. Yeah. But a tiny horse... <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> we get now a segment of Shay and Spice comparing their tattoos. And this is the the late 90s. So And Shay says throughout this, she's like, this is fun. Isn't this fun? This is fun. <laughs> so fun. I love reminding fun. myself and my colleagues that something is fun while yeah. it is happening. And I'm experiencing the fun. I love fun. I, it's the funnest thing there is. And so they, they compare tattoos. And because it's the late 90s and they're sexy women, they are lower back tattoos. And Shay says, it says we're freaks because we have lower back tattoos. That means we're freaks. We're freaks. And the reason they say they're freaks is because apparently when they first met DDP, he was like, you know what they say about girls with lower back tattoos? They freaks. They freaks. So they're like, well, if, you know, DDP would know. He worked in the in the industry for many years. He knows yeah. a freak when he's... I mean, I would have thought Scott Steiner's the authority on freaks. I mean... And peaks. At yeah. this point in time. Uh, yeah, he's certainly written the most material about it. Can I just say as well, we got um, very unequal screen time in this yeah, whole thing. definitely. Like, uh, Tigress, where the fuck is Tigress in this whole thing? I've no, I think there must have been some sort of an issue with her because she's not seen at all. Yeah. And I will say as well, Storm, you know, what's your reward, Storm, for being, like, the most personable, the most, like, charismatic, and just the most, like at ease person on this yeah when she gets her sexy photo shoot segment it's set to fucking xylophone oh yeah it's really weird it makes me think of skeletons that's not sexy (laughs) (laughs) spooky scary skeletons not sexy skeletons come on we need like i don't know like a jump scare warning because like they keep cutting back to the photographers who are just in comparison to the nitro girls they're not the type of people you want to be looking at. No, you need you need a kind of a I'd like a little countdown in the yeah, corner. Yeah, like you're gonna see Cody these... Rhodes is coming up. You know, yeah. what, what are the two lads? The Ronnie and Jay. What are they called again? The two... Jerry and David. Jerry I think? and David are coming up. George and Adam are coming up. Like in a little countdown. Yeah, because they like they don't even fucking like put <clears throat> some effort into like your appearance, please. Like you're working with all these glamorous women, and they're there in like fucking stained t-shirts and shorts <laughs> with like armpit sweat patches, and like they haven't put any sunscreen on, so they're bright red and burnt. Yeah, dude, but it's the best job in the world, am I right? Best job in the world. Can we not look at you, please? Can we go back to the sexy ladies? You know what was really, really fucking horrible that they did? Was that they were clearly, like, considered themselves photographers because on one or two occasions they were like, look over there, there's a tiny, like, jagged rock in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Let's wait for the tide to come in and get really, really high and then send one of the girls to stand out there barefoot on the jagged rocks. And... There's loads of times where, like, the girl has just stood there, like, holding this pose for ages. Like, we're just waiting for the right wave, honey. Just waiting for it. Just waiting for the right wave, honey. And she looks, like, so uncomfortable. Because you mean fucking splash? Was that wave that got me in the back of the head? Was that big enough? No. Sorry, honey. The light wasn't right. Oh, I love my job. Yeah, it's, it's all good to be Jerry Croft and Ron Rico two fucking idiots. And when they're not talking about how much they love their job, they're talking about how boring it is. Um, and talking about how much they hate working with dolphins. <laughs> yeah, well, in fairness, like, I think the 
the inclusion of them was very much like something so they could point to standards and practices of Turner and be like, oh no, it's not just titillation. Cherry and, Cherry and Ron it, are there as well. It makes it more evidently titillation-y yes. by having these pervy photographers. Like, it would be fine if they were like <laughs> taking their job seriously and they weren't obviously like the most horny heterosexual men ever. But like instead they just seem like way too horny to actually do their jobs and it comes across as creepy and yeah, not respectful. You get the calendar and all the pictures are out of focus. They're like thumbs are in the yeah. way. <laughs> um, Tigress who has not been featured a, a lot here, decides she wants to live up to her namesake and be wild. Joe, she wants to crank it up with a game of truth or dare. Oh. Here we fucking go. Secrets. 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 Secret. Uh, the dare is do a booty shake. Oh. And uh, they do a booty shake. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty tame dare, you know, on, on the Nitro Girls pay-per-view. Before they'd invented twerking. There is something as well to be said. It's alongside there with the the heavy aquatic gear and playing around with dolphins. I get the rollerblading thing because you know a roller girl is this yeah. kind of archetype or whatever next door it is. Type yeah. Thing, yeah. Um. But rollerblading with a lady who's never been rollerblading before, and yeah. she's in a bikini and has no pads on. She looks really scared. Oh, oh man, I was anxious there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really was scary stuff right there. We get some uh, some truths. Oh, truth or dare? S- speak your truth, Storm, please. Storm says that she had a custom bed built out of an old car and scrap metal. But there's more details here, which Sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa. is concerning. But before we get into the details, okay. just, just say that one more time. Storm had a custom... So Booker T's wife yeah. had a custom bed built out of an old car. An old car. And scrap metal. So Joe and I, very much in 2K mode recently, watched a lot of Viva La Bam. Yeah. Where he sleeps on a half pipe. Yeah. And makes his poor fucking girlfriend at the time do the same. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'd rather sleep in a half pipe than a rusty old car. I know, with scrap metal. You need your tetanus shot when yeah. you tetanus shot when you stretch too far and like scratch yourself on a bit of a rusty metal. Good, good. A, lot, a lot of heavy metals you'd be inhaling there, I but know. that's not it though. There's more to it, this custom bed, right? You, flake, you wake up and there's like flakes of rust on the pillow. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> um Yeah, so she also because it's custom built. She uh, got them to add in gothic candle holders, which are, like, built in. Okay. Which, okay, is a fire hazard and seems very dangerous for a bed. Like, again, all these things are, like, seem like the She's got worst. a death wish of like, some sort. If you take a car, an old car and scrap metal <laughs> and built-in candle holders, you'd be like, what is the worst piece of furniture to combine all those things into? And I think I would pick a bed. Yeah, I kind of feel like if this was tried on Scrap Heap Challenge, they'd, they'd be, be like, go home. Guys, come on now. We're going to get silly. off-com complaints if you do this. <laughs> like. But she takes it a step further and says that she actually got it kind of like... Upgraded? Upgraded even more. So it has hooks for handcuffs and whips. Okay. And built-in black lights. Why would you want that? On a bed. Save Gordon Ramsay a bit of time if you turn your house into a hotel, I guess. Jesus Christ, though. Like, you want it to look like a crime scene? <laughs> I hope you at least keep, like, it, the, your scrap car metal, like, sanitized. Because you're going to see, like... I mean, provided you have an active sex life, which, guessing from the handcuffs and whips, they do. That's it. You know, it's going to be covered in horrible old splotches of 
come or whatever. It's just a shame. It's the, 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 the kind of repressed nature of the late 90s. That even if you are into some kinky stuff like this, you have to pretend to be in a bunch of other stuff. Like yeah. getting tetanus and whatnot. <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah, no, I love, oh yeah, my, my, my lady, she's crazy. When we get on the uh, the old car that she reclaimed, hubba hubba, <laughs> and we, we, we turn on the black light, we just kind of bathe in our own filth and really think about it. It's like that Simpsons meme. It's like, I sleep on a bed made of an old car and scrap metal with a black light in it. How about you? Sleep in a comfortable big bed with my wife? Like, <laughs> that, it's, made out of a, it's made out of a bed. Like, you know, it's not made out of a fucking old car. The fact that it's an old car <laughs> an as old well. Car. You know, and even like a nice swanky no, new car, right? No, it's one I found at the tip. And at the end of it, like the girls are like, "Oh, you got that swing put in yet, Charmel?" And she's like, "No, not yet." And like, I don't think whoever was editing this realized like what she was saying there. Describing like a death trap. But like, I mean, sex swing. That's they're getting pretty hardcore here now. For yeah, you know, we're talking like, oh, whips and chains. But I was like, oh, it's a sex swing. But a sex swing on a rusty old car. Yeah, like. I guess maybe it's for the purposes of the crime scene when they identify your corpse. You've got the <laughs> black light in there already. See where your fucking flayed remains landed. Jesus Christ. We get more truths. And Please. honestly, Shay is fast becoming my favourite member of the Nitro Girls. <laughs> Confirmed bisexual. She says any gender, anything goes. How so there you go. She doesn't care what gender you are. She is down to play. I will point out as well, like most great games of Truth or Dare, in the first segment when there was Truth or Dare, there were six of them there. And in the second segment, there was three of them yeah. there. <laughs> Interesting that... So Fire's got a secret now, um, but it's too it's too hot to tell. But they're going to tell us anyway. Oh, what is it? It's got to be something pretty spicy That's after the that, thing, right? right? So we've had, what, the, the truth from Storm, which is that she's obviously very kinky and likes to sleep in an old scrap car. Yeah. We've got Kimberly's secret that she made she made a sex tape and shared it without meaning to. Shay's secret, you know, for, for 99. Yeah, to say that, you know, big yeah, deal. That's a big deal, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so what's Fire's secret then? Come on, tell us, Fire. Tell us what your secret is. Her secret is... She's the sarcastic, witty one of the group. What? No way. And, Seriously? Yeah, and also, no man can step to her. And also, here's... The, all right, you want... We're only, we're only gagging with you folks. That's not the real hot secret. You want the real, real... Yeah, go on. Is, she likes the big guys, and she has a great sense of humour. Oh. It's funny, because you know, I would read Nuts magazine when I was a horny little teenager, yeah. and there'd be lots of stuff like, what's your favourite thing? And you'd be like, I love when I go to dinner. Like, yeah. Be, <laughs> Holy shit, like, I like a lady who goes to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to go to dinner someday. It, I'm I'm 10. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, it's uh, Joe, I was 13, come on. Uh, there's just something about Fire actually saying in real life, like, I like men with a great sense of humour, and... <laughs> I like big guys as like well. Big guys, you know, yeah. that's there's some serious truths coming out here. It'd be amazed if any of these Nitro girls have a job by the end of it. Um, Storm has another secret. She's paced this badly though because her first secret was a lot more shocking than her second secret, which is she's she likes nerds. She likes guys who like chemistry and maths. So obviously we were drawing straws here at some point. Yeah. One of you girls is going to pretend you like nerds for the nerd demo, you know? I like to imagine that they've been like trapped here now for like 12 hours straight, like pumping out secrets. More secrets. More, more. There's got to be something else you can tell us. Oh, come on. What turns you on the most, Tigress? Um, I love wrestling fans who are pedants. I just love anytime (laughs) a wrestling fan notices an inconsistency. I just love that. I love to go to dinner 
and discuss the mistakes that yeah. have been made on the wrestling show. <laughs> Whoa, hover, hover. <laughs> what turns on Kimberly Page? Very intimate question to ask the, the executive of the Nitro Girls. Mm. Well, uh, it, it doesn't take much. Candles and like um, music, any music, any music at all, really. Yeah. So basically, if you come into Storm's bedroom whistling a tune, yeah. boom, Kimberly wow. Page is yours. The bar is low. It is. Like, we have Storm saying she wants a man to touch her mind. Yeah. Like, well, that's deep. What do you mean? She's like, I don't know. Someone like asks me how I'm doing. Like, yeah. you know, it's really low bar. Just like. like to ask me a question. I'd love to, I'd love to be asked a question someday. <laughs> the final segment here. Oh, I love this so and, much. And it we was both like, our ears perked up. Yes. Like, what? Like, yes. Here we fucking go. Because it was around the time they were using the same fucking tropical B-roll yeah. music for the girls and we had the same outfits being recycled. <laughs> like it was getting really cheap at this point. We started off so excited at this pay-per-view because we get to watch sexy ladies be sexy. What a great day to, to have at work. What a great job we have. We got so bored oh, yeah. very quickly by the same sexy ladies doing the same sexy poses. Elevator music just drags yeah. out the energy from you, I think. Yeah, and the lack of diverse posing, I think, really it like tempered things a lot in a way that We're was not good. Definitely gonna have to do a Divas in Paradise pay-per-view oh, classic. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I hope it's better contrast. than this. Compare and contrast. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. So yeah, I think we were desperate at this point for something actually, either actually titillating or actually entertaining. Talk about the little catnip at the end. Yeah. Little ringing a bell for us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who are your favourite wrestlers, girls? Here we fucking go. Because straight away, when you start researching this, yeah. and I think anytime you're researching anything that's to deal with, like that has old world internet still in the yeah. stratosphere, and women in wrestling from the early 90s and late 90s, you very much come across the Angel Fire, the the old forum posts and stuff like that. You find a lot of stuff very early on about like all the Nitro girls who had affairs with who and who mm. likes this person and that person. Was there anything you were able to like confirm, I guess? Was there anything that you knew in terms of any of the Nitro girls who were involved with any of the wrestlers when you were looking early it's on? It's really hard to, to confirm it because because of the culture at the time... Um, Which was A, the wrestling fans all thought that everyone was sleeping with everyone. And also a lot of like entitled wrestlers being like, well, there's a sexy lady on the road with me, therefore she must be having sex with everyone. Oh, you, th- you reckon that some of the lads were like telling oh, tall tales? No, they were. They yeah. absolutely were. I found a lot of um, old um, forum posts from like people who claimed that they heard other wrestlers talking about like how all the Nitro girls had reputations for sleeping around. But there's not, there's no evidence for this. There's right. literally no evidence. Other than, obviously, some of the members of the Nitro girls ended up in relationships with certain wrestlers. The one thing I think that everyone points to is that Nash once... And I think we talked about Nash and it seems to be kind of like an open-ish relationship yeah. or... You know, what he does on the road, his wife doesn't want to know... You know yeah. It's separate, whatever it's separate, it is. Yeah. And I know he did a promo once on Nitro where he's like... And after I'm done here, I'm going to go eat a little Korean backstage. Yeah. And Shay is Korean. And yeah, he was talking was like, about And he did, Shay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, a, they, yeah. they did have a relationship. Yeah. Um, she has confirmed that. And I think so has he. Yeah, yeah. We were like, straight away, we were thinking like, everyone's going to say like Nash, right? Because he is like, obviously 
the kind of the honk of the group, yeah. right? So you know? immediately, Tigress, she's like, no, barely, <laughs> barely said a word in this whole pay-per-view. Uh, uh, hands up, no, we had to see. They're like basically fighting each other for who gets to say Kevin Nash's name. But Tigress bags him straight away. Big Sexy is her favourite wrestler. And then we cut to Kimberly Page where she's like, well, as you um, know, obviously DDP is my husband. I have to and, say and him. But he's obviously my pick. But, but other than him. H- Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Fuck off, Kim. Seriously? Hulk Hogan? Of course. Hulk Hogan in 1999? Oh, come on. 100%. Jesus fucking Christ. Right, I'll tell you what, Hulk. I won't sleep with you, but I'll mention you next time there's some sort of illusion or whatever it is. How about that? That's good enough for me, brother. Yeah, I like that. It works for me. works well. Okay, we got AC Jazz yeah. next. Yeah, okay, the wild card. Now. And we all know yeah. she has no reason. She has no reason. And loves fabric. Uh, so she says, Macho Man, great choice, because mm. he's crazy. Ah, because she's on brand here. Yeah, or Ric Flair. Because he's crazy. I see. She has a type. Interesting. And he's yeah. crazy. I will say, WCW had no shortage of crazy, legitimately yeah, crazy, crazy men. Man, yeah. <laughs> Storm, her pick. Oh, this was interesting. Spicy. This. Very spicy. Now, bear in mind, this is what 1999. Yes. Her her pick is a married man, Joe. He certainly is. And her pick is Booker T. Yes. Who was. Married to his previous wife at this point, who I believe yep. he had, had kids with. Mm-hmm. And all I know is that by 2000, he had... We, we, we were looking up about this and, you know, dates for when wrestlers hook up and stuff is always going to be yeah. very fucking, you know... Impossible to Impossible out, to yeah. verify or whatever. But it seemed like there was very much our relationship started here and his divorce happened kind later. of a little bit later. Yeah. And then they got married quite quickly thereafter. Yeah. But I will say... I, li- I like the, the chutzpah there. The balls be like, you know what? I'm in love with this man. I like him. And she's calling well, her shot right there on she, the pay-per-view special. She doesn't say in terms of like, she doesn't say that she, he's the sexiest. She's like, in terms of skill. Oh, right. She's an amazing wrestler. She's laying the groundwork for, I respect this man. Very good. So she's careful not to be too, you know, in case his wife is watching. <laughs> but then she says, in terms of eye candy, her choice would be Sunny. Oh, okay. Interesting. Wait, Sonny? Oh, this was, yeah, this put me, because everyone was like, Sonny, Sonny Ono, the, 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 the Japanese manager? See, I thought she meant the woman, Sonny. No, no, Sonny would have been in another company at the time. Right. So, what it was that they were referring to was Sonny Siaki, okay. who would have been a real young rookie at the time, and he would have wrestled on WCW Saturday Night, like, just like a proper, like a starting out guy. Mm. I know him from when I used to watch TNA back in, like, 2003 and four. He would have been kind of one of the top young prospects. He was in a group called the Flying Elvises. Really handsome dude. Like proper, like he has like the rock kind of Roman Reigns, like the movie star, the, the, the perfect right. smile type Chiseled of thing. bone structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as far as I know, he just, he had a, he didn't make it, you know. He had, mm. he had other things that happened in his life and took him away from wrestling. But it was interesting there that he was being uh, pegged as being a, a stud yeah. early on. Like a, 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 and I will say as well, on the offshoot there of talking about Sonny and they all laughing about Sonny Ono, mm. who I think came up in the Bischoff episode as Eric's kind of guy he knew to get stuff in from New Japan and, and people in from New Japan wrestling and whatnot. One of the Nitro Girl dances that we watched, do you remember they all cosplayed as various wrestlers? Yes, they did. It's and the best it's thing wild. ever. I'll put it in the recommended bonus viewing. It's essential to watch. You it's got so good. Sexy Ric Flair, sexy Hulk Hogan, yep. and the most cringeworthy fucking eye rolling thing, of course. They've got Shay, who is Korean, doing a cosplay of fucking Sonny Ono, oh, who's Japanese. No. 
And like they're all like all playing like your know, Hall of Famers, top NWO yeah. members, and she's there as this like fucking D list manager because oh, she's Asian. No. Oh my fucking god! That's like so rude. Fire's got a favorite, Joe. Yeah. Um. See if you can guess who she's talking about. The beefy wise ass of WCW. It's Buff Bagwell. See, I, I was thinking it could be Scott Steiner. I mean, there's a lot of beefy wise, wise asses yeah. there as well. But like, yeah, Buff Bagwell, yeah. weird choice. I like Buff Bagwell because uh, he can kind of become a completely different person and just like pretend to be, yeah. him, you know. If you don't like him the way he is one day, he'll just kind of manufacture a new personality <laughs> and then blame it on some person on Twitter that yeah. did it. I hate when people on Twitter do that. Um, Spice, her choice is several of the cruiserweights, but does not specify any names but she does mention that they are both cute and entertaining which yeah. you can just imagine Bischoff being like people love the cruiserweights you know they're cute they're entertaining they're like the little guys they're really nice like which one is Rey Mysterio is he cute or is he entertaining and then Shay Shay's choice is an interesting one she goes for Goldberg who is at best sexless like I can't think of a least a less he, women love him really yeah I've read that before people some women love Goldberg but I've never understood when there are people like oh man John Cena is so exactly. sexy I'm yeah like, really yeah I don't get that I don't either guess. but I like, guess it's just a, there's a certain type of man that just does not appeal to me and but they are very popular absolutely I wish them well yeah. different strokes for different absolutely. folks etc so pretty pretty fiery and spicy there I would say roughly 50% of those answers seem to be like office answers yeah exactly because like none of them mentioned scott hall which like come on i think because of when this is this is 99 this is when scott was was sent home and they started really? kind of he's a bit sloppy at this point yeah they'd started like kind of mocking his sobriety and his issues mm. with drinking and then he had to take time off for his drinking so i think don't mention him was probably it was a don't ask don't tell thing about scott hall at that point in time right. i think but yeah i think if they were all being honest they would have all just picked kevin nash except yeah. for storm who would have just picked booker t <laughs> I'd, I'd say it took some restraint there for bischoff not to be listed <laughs> i just love eric like i love ted turner as well <laughs> and dr harvey schiller what a mind what a great what a great businessman he is this pay-per-view spectacular ends on the most miserable note possible mm. where they're like, oh my God, we're so excited because we're going to do a special show now, guys. And then you realize that the Nitro girls are at this beautiful resort and they're working for their supper. Yeah. As in the Nitro girls are now expected after this pay-per-view spectacular, they're literally going on to the stage show at the resort to do like the entertainment, like you'd see an Abbott tribute show or mm-hmm. Disney musical numbers if you went on holiday to Greece or something like that. Yeah. And they're all they're all up there. Kimberly's not. Kimberly's oh, off, no. you know, having off dinner. Having a nice dinner with a Turner executive. But yeah. yeah, all the women are there. Like they have to pump out the dance numbers. Yeah, I'll tell you, hard working group of women. Yeah, they've been up since five, four, five a.m. Yeah, oh, God. And like there was literally one point when Shay is talking about you know posing on the rocks. She's like, it's very sexy. You know, it hurts obviously, but yeah. it's so I'm sexy bleeding. as well. You know, it's sexy, but it hurts is usually not what you mm. want for your PG thirteen bikini spectacular how did they get on though joe not great i mean as better or worse than you would have expected when we you because know, i think we got into this after we'd watched probably a dozen or so nitro girl dance routines and they were i think it's worth mentioning they got tighter and better yeah. at that the longer it went on it seems i mean the dance performances were generally and genuinely very good i would have rather seen like you know, like yeah. proper stage Some dancing dance. yeah. in this pay-per-view, I think, would have been the very least they could have done. I'm yeah. really disappointed we didn't get any of that because, like, that's obviously their strong suit. And it's kind of my favourite thing about the Nature Girls is seeing all, like, the really crazy outfits from, from yeah. back in the day and stuff like that. And it was just kind of 
they just felt like standard issue wrestling babes as opposed to the nitro girls well, you know he, except even wrestling babes have an idea of like the posing necessary like i feel like you know this pay-per-view would have really benefited from stacy keebler who had a bit of modeling experience because it does it is its own set of skills i think it's very easy especially in the 90s to be to assume that all you needed to do to be a model at that time was to be hot mm. and it's not it's not as simple as that. It's, there's a lot of skill involved with modeling. It's not to say you couldn't get a job in that respect, yeah. but it's, you know, but I think the proof is whole, in the pudding here. Yeah. yeah, to make a whole pay-per-view around these ladies doing modeling and being entertaining on camera, they're not very entertaining. But I, I feel that they were not given enough direction. The photographers didn't do them justice. No one knew, knew what they wanted to get out of this. Yeah. Because if you're watching this, is this like an advertisement saying like, hey, tune into Nitro to see more of this? Because really you don't get more of like, this. Yeah, because you don't hear them talk on Nitro no. generally. You see them dance. So exactly. I, I, yeah, I thought it was it was obvious from this that they weren't going to be doing more of these. Because yeah. I think if your director is at... I mean, by her own admission, you know, and no shame because it was stressful. But it feels like Kimberly was like fighting this thing the whole way in that I'm sure it wasn't going the way she wanted it to. It was too stressful. It was too hard. And I think it probably didn't set the world on fire. This it did well as a as a yeah. pay per view and all that. But I, I think just, it's quite telling they didn't do more of these. I just feel there's some really small tweaks they could have done, which would have made this genuinely very entertaining. One is to have a couple of dance numbers, just yeah. like show show me what they can do. That's what their jobs are: is to dance. Let's see them thrive in an area they are confident in. I would have gotten better photographers. There is a team of people around them, by the way. I, we haven't mentioned it other than Jerry and David, but there are literally like yeah. dozens of men at any one point just staring, gawping at these women. Like, no fucking pressure. And none of them have anything to say or do other than like, oh, I love my job. I love looking at sexy women. Like, yeah, okay, we get it. You know you know what this actually made me think of in that how the presentation that we've seen from a different pay-per-view, I think would have worked a lot better here. Yeah. But if they presented this, like the WBF pay-per-view that we watch, yeah, which is on the, the main feed here, it's a sample from our pay-per-view classic series over on the Patreon, but like, you know, giving everyone a bit of a, uh, uh, a spectacle, yeah. you know, a little bit a of a character. dance number, a character, yeah. and everyone gets a chance to shine. And then they all come out together and do kind of a, a, a big moment or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just funny that like Vince McMahon seems to understand how to promote bodies mm -hmm. a lot better then Turner, who admittedly by 1999, they were constantly battling. Russo said this is his big issue when he came in, that he was battling standards and practices. They didn't want titillation. They didn't want violence. They didn't want this, that, and the other. But I think there was a way to have they your... They didn't want titillation. They're doing a swimsuit pay-per-view. I just feel like there's a way you could have done the Nitro Girls a bit more justice way yeah. than to be so softcore porny. Yeah, because it's know? just like, it's just boring. It, that's it. Just it is. Yeah. It's boring. They could have gotten across the sexiness by leaning more into like the character of each type of girl because like mm. they do they've obviously put a lot of work into thinking about what these characters are but then by just like having them on a beach at sunset or having them swim with dolphins it's just so generic and it's yeah. like I, the best bits were obviously when we got like like fire working out in the gym like she's obviously very passionate about that and you get to hear her special workout moves which like tone your arms like that's really good that's it getting her character across and also you're like you're learning something you can see the hesitation there, though, of everyone getting their character across when, you know, we're, we're you know, fire straight away. Like, she's pretty much gone within a month or two of this coming mm. out. And we watched a couple of segments, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, mm. where the Nitro girls were asked to kind of go, hey, above and beyond, and you're going to be a wrestling character now. You folks have not lived and seen bad wrestling until you've seen AC Jazz try and cut a fiery promo mm. about how none of these 
none of these girls who are coming in for the Nitro Girls contest, they ain't good like me. I, you know, come on. And I don't like them coming in here and being like, being all sexy like me. And that's what I'm, I'm supposed to hear to do. Don't forget the use of the words like slut and oh my God. and yeah. stuff. Like, they get so nasty. So, there were a lot of like segments that were kind of Nitro Girl adjacent. They used Kimberly quite a few times because it's like, oh, she's Paige's husband. And we watched... It was like, Scott Steiner harasses the Nitro Girls. And it's literally oh, like Jesus. seven segments where Genuinely, he's like, like I'm nightmare. sexy. Come come have sex with me. Like you need me. In, locking them in rooms and cornering them in the locker room and, and like, stuff. Being like, keeps, you want to have sex with me? Ugh. It's her over and over again being like, Scott, please fucking leave. He's like, yeah. I'm never going to leave. I'm going to follow you home. I'm sexy. Literally. And it, on and on. And so like, there's a lot of like... Frightening. Yeah, and I guess, hey, that was the point we wanted him to come across as scary and frightening and intimidating. But it is very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and I would think if they're going to be your dance troupe, don't use them. Like, maybe you have a story, one or two little storylines here or there, but having them feud with each other and having them being, like, stalked and stuff like that, it was just, like... I would have thought as well, like, is that not kind of missing the point of, like, the Nitro Girls? Because, like, if if you're having, like, a character like Scott Steiner try and, like, corner them and stuff, I would have booked it, like... Them being kind of like sassy and being like, "Oh, shut the fuck up, Scott. Who are you?" Yeah, but like you, kind you of can't tearing him down a peg or two, like like mean girls in school. But like instead, they're just like realistically frightened of this aggressive man. Well, it's it's the late nineties and it's WCW, and no one's going to tell Scott Steiner that he's going to sell for a non wrestling woman on the on the hell no, that's never going to happen, brother. You know, no, it's, they have to be really scared of me. Yeah, and like we watched, there was they did a match. It was it was Tigress and. Yeah, it was Tigress and, and Spice. Mm. And Jesus Christ, it just like way to like take someone who is super skilled in their own way yeah. and then just like kind of put them in an environment where you're immediately making like make them A seem less good at what they were originally hired for. Yeah. Because like I thought like Spice was like, whoa, you know, she's She's, she's a great performer. Great performer. Yeah. She's got this fucking like she's one of those people who's always got like the kind of the winning smile and all yeah. that jazz. And then you put her in a schoolgirl outfit and have her like she's like too afraid to fucking do any of the moves and yeah. she's like Tigress who's like also too afraid to do any moves and like you know say what you will about WWF and the really backwards misogynistic booking of the women's wrestling from back in the day. But I'll tell you something when they had Sonny or Sable or Terry or whoever it was like you know do a slap or a cat fight or roll around the fans would at least pop. Yeah. Every one of these Nitro Girl segments we watched where they had them call each other skanks or bitches or sluts or hoes and start fighting, a pin could drop. And it's immediately like, you're just stripping away their star power Mm -hmm. and your show is looking like really rinky-dink. They're literally doing the opposite of what they were hired to do. They were meant to make the show seem a bit more fresh and better. Yeah. And now you're putting them in segments where it's making the show seem like a shitty imitation of the other company and... You know, no one was in the business of, you know, wrestling for the male gaze quite like Vince McMahon's WWF in 1999 and 2000. My God. I feel like they were trying to almost force them out the door. Yeah. You know, the Nitro Girls contest was then introduced as this idea to give kind of a shot in the arm to, you know, every girl wants to be a Nitro Girl. We'll get some new faces, new talent in, etc. It was an interesting thing they did because it was an open casting call. They were Mm. like, we just want more women on the show. Can you dance? Can you sing? Can you act? Can you do anything? You know, film yourself with a tape, send it in, and we'll we'll have a look at you. And funny enough, that's how Daphne got into WCW. What? Even though Daphne is 
absolutely not the typical, you know, Nitro Girl look or whatever it was. But when they saw the tape, they're like, look at this. She's kind of an alternative girl. You know, we want someone who has this kind of a vibe. And they hired her then to be the psychotic girlfriend of David Flair. And they were like, you know, that that was like a ruse to, for her to come in, even though she was like applying to be a Nitro girl. Wow. We've... But I've actually done really well, I think, having an alternative Nitro oh, girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they were going to do something like that, that, yeah. would, that would definitely worked. We watched a lot of the kind of, I guess you call them open casting calls or the auditions for the mm. Nitro girls, where they just basically sent them out into a room and go dance like you've never danced before. Yeah. It was pretty intense to see like all these ladies be like, ah, ah, yeah. like mad fucking manic. Like imagine flash dance, but like somehow 10 times more intense, but also like, Fast more, as yeah, well. Faster. And kind of low rent a little yeah. bit. A little bit like, like, cause most of these contests are taking place in the back. It looks like kind of, you know, they're doing it in a walkabout or a Hooters or whatever mm. it is. Now, we watched some of the open dances and you could tell straight away there are some stars here. and yeah, there's some they women, have a favourite. Yeah, and there's some folks here who are maybe just hoping to get a free t-shirt out yeah. of it. And we reached the <laughs> alleged quarter and semi-finals of this contest where Mean Gene Okerlund, who is like the butcher's dog, he is so fucking happy with his big long string of sausages. He's like, can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mean Gene here and I'm going to be looking at all the... Very young women who will be uh, entering the Nitro Girls contest. I love my job. It is. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bischoff. Every day I <laughs> kiss the ground. I told you I'm not too old to do this job. Uh, <laughs> be that as it may, the sexy young women I'll be looking at tonight. Introducing first from Baltimore, Maryland, Sky and Stacy Kieber immediately. Yeah. Like when you have a semi final and one of the semi-finalists is literally in the middle with a spotlight on her. Yeah. She's like twice <laughs> as tall as all the others. And everyone dances around her. Yeah. And Mean Jean is literally like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was it was in Stacey's favour. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, like... Do you think those other girls thought they had a chance? Like, Because it no felt like they were like, you can, you can vote for Stacey on this number... The other girls just add three to the end of whatever. I mean, even if you didn't have the clear booking favoritism, Stacey has like, she's, I mean, she just by pure like sights alone, she is so eye catching, but then also she is genuinely a great performer. Like she is easy to be the best dancer that whole group. She's like, she's not necessarily like technically the best dancer, but she has that confidence and that sex appeal, which like even some of the main nitro girls didn't have. And you can see like, they do this thing where it's like, yeah, you can vote from all now. And then they all just start dancing. Yeah. And like Stacy's got this like 30 second routine. Bam, bam, bam. Hits all four corners. Ends with a smile and a pose. And the other girls are kind of like, oh wait, the music stopped. Yeah. Some of them are out of breath. Yeah. It's like, all right, I wonder who's winning Miss Nitro Girl 1999. <laughs> it's Sky. So the Nitro Girls, as we mentioned earlier, once Russo came in, he wanted to make them into characters. Some of them left. Some of them who were brought in to be Nitro Girls, like Stacy Kieber, ended up being their own character and kind of spun off Tigress, Charmel, they all kind of became characters in their own right. And Kimberly, she finally got her own run being the self-obsessed, self-centered caricature of herself, which in the shoot interview, she didn't seem thrilled with doing, but she was like, she was just so, she just wanted to do something, I think, yeah. at that point. And she was like, you know, it wasn't great, but I was going to do whatever I was given to the best of my ability. So she was doing promos talking about herself and you know wearing t-shirts with the word me written on it and stuff <laughs> like that. So I think, you know, it ended up pretty well for her in the end because, you know, 
the Nitro Girls did continue on, but it continued on without her. And I think she was just happier that it was someone else's responsibility. Yeah, I'm sure. Someone else's kind of thing to, to worry with. Some of those women, we're going, to, we're going to talk about all of them kind of, you know, at the end of this episode. But in terms of the immediate kind of impact and who went furthest in wrestling, it was Stacey Keebler, yeah, I'd say, by easily. far. I mean, like, talk about household name. Yeah, you know, she she did well in WCW. She got hired immediately by WWE. She springboarded from there into other things. She basically mm-hmm. used wrestling as a platform to get into other things where she also did very, very well at. Yeah. The... Kind of also, Rands, are a few of the women who were left over who didn't make it or transfer into wrestling because they didn't want to, you know, take bumps. They didn't want to be wrestlers, which is yeah. absolutely I mean, fair. You don't want to have potato fair. salad thrown at you. Absolutely yeah. fair. And also, like, bear in mind, these are, you know, professional athletes in their own rights, you know, professional dancers. And to then be told, oh, no, you have to put your body on the line for something that won't be, you won't be paid any more money. And also, you know, long term wise, this isn't going to be a career for yeah. you. But also you have to literally risk your actual career. Like I'd rather you, dance and take, take bumps personally. Like. As a dancer, if you injure your like legs or something, you could like potentially never dance again. Like that's it. Your career yeah. is gone. And you think as well, you're, it's not like, oh, all right, we're going to, you know, say when David Flair was wrestling, he was wrestling his dad. He was wrestling Arn Anderson. He was wrestling people who were going to... Safe pair of hands. Say, you know, even, even Russo with the people who wanted to fucking beat the shit out of him. It's like, well, you know, you know Kevin Nash knows how to do an elbow on you or whatever. Yeah. It's but it's, it's the thought of the putting the, the two untrained women. Yeah. And that's all Russo wanted to do was he literally... He wanted to pit the Nitro girls against each other. So unfeminist of him. But I was really shocked to find out that Charmel, who did of course go on, as we mentioned, to be you know Queen yeah. Charmel and have her own, her own career in wrestling. And she had her own career in WCW. She uh, formed a girl group with some of the other members that didn't get on into wrestling. Right. This is Diversity 5. Diversity 5, yep. And you've... That's a bad name. You've had a bit of a... They're a diverse group, as you said, Joe. You've done a bit of research and you've done a little bit of reading into Diversity 5. Mm-hmm. I know vagaries about this, but fill me in. What was what went on here with this? How successful was this... Uh, this spin-off of the Nitro Girls. So, yeah, basically, it was as the, the Nitro Girls were kind of, like, being phased more into being wrestlers. And a music producer, I believe it was, approached some of the members and said... Some of them had done, like, dancing and pop videos and stuff, so they were kind yeah, of, you know... Few of them they, had, they had connections Yeah, or whatever, some of yeah. them had been in, like, um, very successful music videos and things. So, yeah, there was a music producer who basically saw the appeal of, like, the Spice Girls and stuff like that, and then the emergence of kind of, like, R&B groups... And girl groups. Girl, girl groups band, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And it was at a time where music was becoming more focused on not necessarily songwriting ability or musical ability or talent or anything like image. that it's more about image and they were they were kind of a you know oven ready girl yeah. band really because they're used to dancing with each other they already have the gimmicks yeah. they already have the outfits exactly they know each other yeah you know they've got you, the types down if you can make it through being you know traveling around the country and being on nitro for three years surely you can do a tour yeah. as diversity five so yeah they were kind of like as one of those like artificially created pop mm. groups basically where they grown were in a lab. grown in a lab in where only, they didn't even need to grow them in a lab because they'd already been grown in a wcw <laughs> ted turner lab so um yeah they were kind of just like put together basically and told here you go you're gonna perform this music so what like kind of a destiny's child vibe we talking sugar babes what's the, you've listened to this music now. so have you i mean yeah but i mean i've been mostly listening to the spirit squad theme song the last oh, few Jesus, weeks but don't remind me <laughs> 
so yeah they, they released a cd single called i promise slash shake me up gonna play a little bit of it here a little snippet okay single shake me up which i think is one of the worst songs i've ever heard now i will say you're listening to two folks here who have always had and have just continued to foster and develop a great love of 90s 90s pop yeah always have time for it love it big fan Mm -hmm. so we we were probably more the target audience for this in 2022 than most people are. Yeah. And I will say, my ears did begin to get like a headache. Yeah. Each ear got a different headache while listening to that. I will say, Diversity 5, we have in here Fire, Spice, Storm, Shay, and Tigress. So all yeah. OG, members OG members of the Nitro yeah. Girls. But what happened? Did we get a single? <laughs> Where did we go from there? So then they appeared on the um, Fox reality show 30 Seconds to Fame. Okay. Um, but they were promptly voted off. They didn't do very well. Oh, the song dear. isn't very good. That's it. I think it was just kind of... I think you were probably kidding yourself if in 2001 you thought all it took was having that and like not a lot else. Mm. Because I, it's obvious that none of them are really singers. Or if they were, oh, the, God. the auto-tuning technology had not caught up with them is all we're saying yeah. here. So that's the thing. I actually read some interviews with some of the members and they were all blaming the fact that this was recorded in a time period where music was changing a lot and they were like well the reason we weren't very successful is because everyone was suddenly listening to music on ipods and oh i see we didn't sell singles and also auto-tune hadn't been invented then which is just an outright blatant lie because they've all they've done is they've auto-tuned them wrong so they've auto-tuned them all at different levels so they're all somehow out of tune with each other despite being auto-tuned if we had believe by share in the 90s then by 2001 we definitely had auto-tune like there's no way we didn't but yeah it's just not it's not very good and i think maybe I think if you only have a two-track cd released as well i don't yeah. i think that whoever was producing this thought they only had like kind of a three out of ten chance and i'm guessing... you go with an album and a tour if you thought they had something and, and like a music video too i would have thought they'd have had some kind of very overproduced music yeah, like choreographed dance, dance mood. Yeah, yeah. but there's nothing like that seemingly ever made ah. so i don't know mr trick there definitely yeah interesting that so that was kind of like the the end of the nitro girls in that sense and when wcw was purchased by the wwf in 2001 and all the properties were taken along with it even though wwf didn't have anything in terms of i mean they didn't even have a women's champion at the time when they bought wcw uh, it wasn't a case of like oh we're not going to have nitro girls because that doesn't fit our brand i think it was just a case of like we do our stuff we don't do that or women we put in like bra and panties matches and stuff like that on tv instead that's that's how we titillate mm. the male fans or whatever i'd be remiss not to mention extreme expose which was a dance troupe that came along in 2006 and 7 when they relaunched ecw as a you know a new third brand and they resurrected it one of the things they thought was really important was that they had sexy ladies so right. they had there was three girls kelly kelly layla and brooke adams they had them do like they'd come out for a segment it wasn't at the top of the show but it'd be like you'd have a match a promo a match and then extreme expose they just do like a striptease dance for like five minutes or whatever it was and that was very very much like proper like meant to be like pussycat dolls carmen electra strip aerobics type of titillation there mm-hmm. that they were going for uh the highlight of which was 19 year old kelly kelly 
being made to remove her bra on the first episode of ECW and not being able to do so and then having to just kind of shimmy her bra up and hold her boobs in her hands. Jesus Christ, ow. Ow, yeah. And particularly when you're doing that double bra business that they yeah. all were doing back in the day. So I think in that sense, the kind of... It lived on, I guess, in a sense. But I think, you know, no one was thinking about thinking about the Nitro Girls for very, very long. And I kind of always felt a bit sad that they didn't have their kind of... Yeah, finale. Everything in wrestling has had its nostalgia. Remember this, remember when, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt like because these were women who were never really from wrestling for the most part, I think there was never a big draw for them to come back. Although I was shocked, and I only know a little bit, you're going to tell us all now. I was shocked to find out the the kind of, I guess the variety and the, mm. the great, <laughs> the diversity uh, of what they were doing. The former members of Diversity 5 who went on to do very diverse things in the world of wrestling. All of the Nitro girls have gone on to do very... Very diverse stuff, but also not. Because, like, I would have thought a lot of them would have stayed in entertainment. And other than, like, Storm, most of them have completely left entertainment behind. So you're basically saying, like, other than the few who stayed in wrestling, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I'm really intrigued now. We've got our master list here from Joe of the, as of now, when we could find out most recently, this is the as of now, where are they all now? Mm -hmm. The Nitro Girls. What's happened in 2023? With our favourite dance troupe, Joe. So, first up, Kimberly Page. So, the leader of the group, the director, was married to DDP, got divorced. She ended up with quite a successful acting career. She yeah. ended up in a few different um, projects. Most famously, the one that we've probably all seen, she was in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes. Interesting about this because in that shoot that I watched, she was like, it was very easy for me to get all these kind of little roles or whatever it was, you know, small little bits here and there. She really wanted to do serious stuff. And oh, bless her. The, the story she told was she went into her agent one day and she's like, look, stop putting me out for busty blank, hot mom, milf blank, hooters girl, Jesus. busty lady. And she's like, I want to play doctors. I want to play lawyers. I want to play moms. And she's like, and I never worked again. Oh. And that, that was it. Like, she's like, you know, her agent was like, but you're like the hottest girl. Yeah. I like you. You're my go-to hot babe. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to do that anymore. And he's like, okay. And then there was no more work for her. That's but so sad. she went on to do lots of other things, though, as far as I could tell. So she, there's not much information about her now. She's quite private. Um, but she seems to work in marketing and interior design. That's funny enough. Marketing. That's what her original, her yeah. original degree, and that's what she was originally involved in. You yeah. know, before she got lured away and seduced by club owner DDP yeah. into the fucked up world of wrestling. Like. <laughs> but she seems like, you know, she was a type of person where I figured if you could be as successful with everything working against you as it was to like do, you know, I still think that three week window, hey, make the Nitro Girls a reality. Yeah. I think if you could do that under the circumstances of being in WCW in the, the mid to late 90s, that's a lady who's always going to land on her feet. And I think her and DDP are both those like, High functioning, high achieving. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever spend much time worrying about either of those folks, Mm -hmm. you know, as it pertains to, I wonder if they're getting on okay. They're probably happier than you and I could ever imagine. (laughs) (laughs) AC Jazz, Amy Crawford. So remember, she did the choreography and costume design of the Nitro Girls. Famously, she had no reason. And she had no reason. She um, now runs a cheerleading company. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. 
it seems that she also works in a retirement home. Hmm. So interesting lady. Okay. Diverse portfolio of, of jobs. Keeps busy. Spice. Melissa Bellin. So she was the one who danced for the Atlanta Olympic Games. With the, she had the pixie bob, the short hair pixie lady. Pixie bob, yeah. yeah. And was also a member of Diversity 5. She became a life coach after leaving the Nitro Girls. Absolutely can see yeah. that. If you told me any of these women became life coaches, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. But she is now a licensed chiropractor with her own practice. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. That's an amazing accomplishment. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> good for her. Um, God, you got if you got a good link up there with the wrestlers, like the amount of wrestlers who've become mm, chiropractors. I know. It's a good fucking like. Yeah, no shortage of people who need a fucking rub down. Yeah. Jesus, wow. Fire, also known as Terry Burns. She's she was the, early, the redhead. Yeah, early departure from, from Nitro Girls. She is now uh, the senior director of admissions at, ironically, Phoenix University. Really? <laughs> Which I think is really funny because I think it was in the uh, swimsuit pay-per-view she mentions that all of the hottest girls come from Phoenix University. Yeah, no, she did, and they did a promo of you <laughs> once and she's yeah. like, I went to university here and everyone here is really fucking hot. And they yeah. cut to the crowd, like the guys and the girls are like, yeah, we are hot, fuck yeah. Now, and now she's <laughs> responsible for making sure that only the hottest women go to phoenix university and can i just say as a graduate of nui galway and the university of glasgow and bishop Crescent university all the hottest people went to those universities yeah. not when i was there but i'm sure they have at some <laughs> point been there tigress she is now a certified accountant for a risk management company so really doing very well for sorry I, re- I realize i'm saying really an awful I lot know. here it's surprising though isn't it how I, like yeah i deliberately like i, I really enjoyed this episode and a lot of episodes i feel are like going to be like this going forward where like i don't want to be the guy who's just telling you everything all the time and i feel like the more i, I i'm i'm enjoying always and how to <laughs> learning more when you can teach me stuff so i've, I've been saving this up and I'm, my mind is blown because tigress is one of the few people like when she did get into the wrestling side of things she went in with both feet like they had her they managed the filthy animals that was the group that Rey Mysterio was in you could probably count on your hands and toes the number of actual women's wrestling matches there were at WCW but you know Tigress she was one of them she yeah. was one of them yeah. she, she, she was like one of the people who was like right you want us to be wrestlers fine I'll be a wrestler yeah. that's amazing though accountant <laughs> fucking hell yeah I mean that's, that's so interesting about this is so many of them obviously like just left wrestling behind them it's like they didn't get the bug that some people get they were yeah. just like you know what I'm done with this whole industry. But you're always going to get that when you're that kind of like, they were in the company, but they were outsiders. And yeah. I think you'll never get that bug in the same way when Unless you're not you like fully marry embraced into, into it. it which yeah. is like, the only ones who seem to still be involved yeah. were, they married into it. That's so true. like, they can't avoid it. It's like part of their lives now. Shay, Shay Ann. So she was also a member of Diversity 5. Shay Ann, I don't actually have anything about her. I don't know what she's up to these days. Well, I were doing a, a Google of a few of the different Nitro girls and she was one who, I believe she had like, She's like a, an entrepreneur. So she's done oh, yeah. the, she Kickstarter the Kickstarter thing where it was like, she's a, she's a mother of like of, of two or three, I think. The ring bag, was And it? yeah, the idea was that she got a Kickstarter, successful Kickstarter. She made like a hundred grand off of it. And the idea was that it was three bags that were linked on a ring. So you would have like a pocketbook that yeah. fit in a purse that fit in a bag. And the it's idea, like modular. Yes. Yeah, so the idea is that you've got like the kids stuff in the big bag then you've got like your your makeupy bits in the bigger bag and then you have like your checkbook and your credit cards and stuff in the smaller bag and yeah. they're all together all the time <laughs> i went right down the rabbit hole then and ended up on her facebook page where it was her 
having to do an update about the Kickstarter because of COVID, that all the supply chains have gotten fucked up and she wasn't able to like fulfill her orders in time and all oh, that. Dear. But it seemed to me like she was the type of person who has always got some sort of a hustle going. Yeah. And yeah, a successful lady. And also as well, the thing I expected about her the most is that when she was doing her Kickstarter, she did the loop and was on every fucking dirt cheat website. Former yeah. Nitro girl has a chat about whatever it is. Yeah, I'll talk about the nip slip. I'll talk about Kimberly, whatever it is. And at the end, links to the Kickstarter. Yeah. Smart lady right there. <laughs> she, I remember she actually applied to be on the Shark Tank with her oh, really? business. And they turned her down. Ah. Which is such a shame because I would have loved to have watched that. Joined DDP in the Shark Tank Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Chameleon, also known as Carmel Macklin. So she's the one who originally started off as a sports marketing manager before she signed with the Nitro Girls. Back there, I'm assuming then. After... What, back in marketing? Yeah. No. Oh. Completely different. Oh. So she actually has had one of the most interesting careers out of all of the members of the Nitro Girls. She, after leaving, became an actress and stunt woman. Whoa! Yeah. There's a few women from wrestling who've done stunt work and, and whatnot. Yeah, and she and is one of them. That's fucking cool. Really cool. But she doesn't do that anymore. She actually left that to... She, she originally had a psychology degree when she first graduated. So she now uses her psychology degree to help educate children with special needs through drama and social emotional learning, whatever that is. What the fuck? Sorry, I'm just like, if you told me three Nitro girls had done the one that one person's amount of career. Wow. Move over Transformers because the Nitro girls are yeah. truly more than meets the eye. I mean, chameleon by name, chameleon by nature. She's gone through so many career shifts. Where was this on the bikini pay-per-view spectacle? Yeah, her psychology Come on. Tell us about that. <laughs> I want to learn about your thoughts on the Milgram study. <laughs> <laughs> Baby is uh, also known as Shannon McNeil, your favourite. Um, she is now an occupational therapist. Oh wow! Yeah, these are these are high end. Oh no, they're really high end jobs. Yeah. I, I assume to be kind of like a lot of like you know entrepreneurs, where it's like you're yeah. a people person or marketing and things like that. But we're talking like we've got a lot of medical uh, yeah. professionals I here now. Mentioned as well, but like pretty much all of them are married with kids as well. Like all very successful marriages, married to very high profile but not famous men. And I should point out as well, it's something like I was always kicking myself I didn't really declare clearly enough for many people know from the ddp episode but yrg the original version of ddp yoga yoga for regular guys that was just as much kimberly page's endeavor as it really? was him she was hugely involved with that yeah. i know. mean the marketing side of things exactly yeah, yeah. it's really so, effective just thought i'd mention that as well that she was heavily involved in that yeah all right yeah so chiquita chiquita anderson after she left the nitro girls she briefly worked as an ex-girl an ex-girl. Oh, I thought that might ring a bell for you. An ex-girl for the XWF. Oh my god. Yeah. So you might want to explain to the how-to listeners what that is. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny because like as soon as you mentioned what the XWF was, it's it was like... almost like you didn't re- recognize. No, it's well, you see, when you've reviewed <laughs> as many bad wrestling promotions as I have, you know, XWF, it's no WWA, is all I'll say, okay. Joe. And um, what the XWF was was in two thousand and one. Hogan, Willie Nelson, Jimmy Hart, the Nasty Boys, and a couple of other also rounds in the world of wrestling tried to get a company going up and you know thought they could really build up something big and it was like it was flat. It was dead on arrival. Like literally by the first pay-per-view, Hogan had signed a WBF contract. So it was it was dead in the water. And we reviewed the 
we reviewed the DVD of it where they do these little cutaways to camera where they try to recontextualize it where it's like Jimmy Harper like we never wanted to compete with the WWF we just wanted there to be an alternative for the fans baby that's all it is <laughs> but they took a lot of stuff from WCW like you know the 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 kind of the vibe or whatever and one of the things they had was X-Girls where just like they were just dancers I did mention as well we've had X-Girls we also mentioned of course the Extreme Expose and I would be remiss not to mention TNA when it first started off with Jeff Jarrett and his father Jerry Jarrett and later Vince Russo they had girls dancing in cages oh on either side of the the ramp so you'd come out on the stage with your Titan triangle yeah and there'd be a girl in the cage going... Doo, 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 doo. Probably like an ex-professional wrestler who's like, oh, God. And they'd stay there for the whole night. Jesus. I mean... At least the Nitro girls got to go backstage. Yeah. yeah the cage girl... And I think it I goes... I they actually hired cage girls to do that job. Because, again, it takes a lot of skill. I know one or two of them were kind of wrestlers who also oh, did that, sake. you know. But, you know, again, that's a company that had a lingerie battle royale on its first pay-per-view. Uh... So we don't need to talk too much more about... We're on a positive kick here. We're on a positive kick. Who so... brought up ex-girls? Ridiculous. So Chiquita was an ex-girl, but she's moved past that now. You'll be happy to hear. Really? Did the XWF not work out? It didn't work out. Oh, someone tell Adam Bibolo. She is thriving now. She is actually a CEO of a professional management firm for actors. Fucking A. So, yeah, again, doing really, really well. I tell you, if you've got a Rolodex of Nitro Girls, anything oh, you need in the world. you'd be well connected. Yeah. Sore back, need marketing, need, yeah. <laughs> need occupational therapy. Uh-huh. We got you covered. Naughty A, otherwise known as Jamie Cragwell, she now works as a client manager for a nutrition firm. Wow, what a, what a day on LinkedIn this was for it you, It was huh? an interesting day, yeah. <laughs> Gold slash silver. So These are the twins. These are the twins. They ended up acting in Scary Movie 3 as hot twins. No way. And Star Trek Enterprise. Were they playing hot twins? I'm pretty sure they were playing hot Inter- twins. Intergalactic yeah. hot twins. <laughs> uh, eventually they became the cause Light Twins, as I mentioned. They had a little signing with WWF, I think. They were they? very briefly signed, I think it was less than a year. They, and they didn't actually go anywhere. They were never though. on screen. Right. And it was never also, it's never been disclosed what their role was. I mean, no one knows. WWE were always after twins. Like I never didn't know. do anything with them. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I don't think it, it's an uphill struggle if you're hired with kind of something in mind for WWF as a woman in the year 2001. Yeah. Because like, we're talking about the days before they had a proper formal developmental system. And if yeah. you're these kind of dancers who are used to a certain... Uh, uh, if you're these dancers who are used to be in big arenas and stuff like that, I think going down to the middle of fucking nowhere to do Deep South Wrestling with a bunch of people who hate you, mm-hmm. I just... That's probably an uphill struggle. You'd really, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think they were wrestlers. I don't think they were signed oh, for that. Oh, really? That's the thing. There's like, there's no information about what their role was. Well, generally speaking, if no one knows what their role was, it'd probably explain why they didn't last yeah, very long. Yeah, exactly. Know? Uh, they now run a fashion line called Zipper Girls. <laughs> for all you girls who love zips. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be another kind of like handbaggy type. Right. I couldn't find much information about it. I don't think it still exists anymore. Okay. If it does, they don't have much of an internet presence. <laughs> um, Storm also known as Charmel, Booker T's wife. So she uh, went on to become Booker T's valet, as we mentioned, Queen Charmel, and became a backstage interviewer at the WWE. And I now believe that she is a stay-at-home mum. Well, she's I know got she helps, kids and stuff, but yeah. She helps run his, you know, he is a training school and a promotion reality of wrestling down in Houston. And all I'll say is, is that there's a lot of things over the years where it's like, oh yeah, Booker T does this thing. And all I'll tell you is from, from my brief experience at the, at the show, which Booker T was meant to be running, 
Charmel was running that shit, like you yeah, know. I'm so I think surprised. yeah, she's she's probably a jack of all trades in in that. And, you know, they they've trained a lot of people there, and it's it's one of the one of the hotbeds of young talent uh, in in the world of wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So she's still, I think, she's still tangentially involved in in wrestling. You yeah. know, probably more so than any other than any other uh, um, Nitro girl. Yeah, I think, no, definitely. You know, Stacey Keebler left wrestling probably like 2006 and mm-hmm. thereabouts. And is, I don't think has ever looked back really other than yeah. a brief appearance on Tough Enough. So speaking of Stacey Keebler, after she won the Nitro Girl search and the Nitro Girls then broke up, she went on to be a valet at WWE and wrestled in a couple of bra and panties matches. And then she left to be a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, where I think it was clear <laughs> that she thought this was going to be like her new... Her new career in Hollywood was going to be like kind of A-list celebrity just doing a bit of everything. But she, I think she made it to the final three rounds and then she yeah. got kicked out. It was so funny because, you know, compare and contrast Stacey Keebler on Dancing with the Stars versus Miz on Dancing with yeah. the Stars. Where WWE were like, oh wow, Miz is on Dancing with the Stars. And like, folks, we regret to inform you that uh, former WWE diva Stacey Keebler is on Dancing with the Stars tonight. And uh, we... Uh, Please don't watch. Uh, <laughs> don't don't think about her anymore. They they're like the week one. It was like, hey, Stacy's on, and then once it was like, oh, she's like you could tell straight away she was going to be like at least a semi finalist. Mm. And as soon as that was apparent and her contract was up, they're like, let's stop promoting her. She's clearly leaving. Yeah, and she left. She left. <laughs> so after that, she went on to try a bit of acting. And she was quite successful, like, as a bit part actor. She was, in on, she was in Chuck and How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, she did a bunch of different roles, yeah. She briefly dated George Clooney. That was the talk of the town, yeah. a couple of years, yeah. Um, but she's now married to... She's a, she's a, a mum, basically, a stay-at-home mum for her kids. She, I think she's currently pregnant, actually. Um, and she's married to CEO Jared Pobra. He's a millionaire. He's a multi, multi-millionaire. Very private, very rich. There's no information about him yeah. or his company. It's one of those things where you can read what his company is 10 times over and you're still like, but what does it do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, is, what is this? It's like extreme rich people right. business. Okay. Yeah. Not not for the likes of us then, obviously. No. Like, he doesn't even have a LinkedIn page that's how exclusively rich he is now i think we have one last person to talk about and we did save the best till last yeah uh, we should mention there's a little bit of a build-up to this one of the original nitro girls and the best dancer of the group the the real hardcore professional it was teo mm-hmm. who kimberly page she was the only person who she had anything bad to say about was teo which given the kind of tension that we saw a lot of the time along the nitro girls it says a lot that 13 years after the fact she still had kind of bad blood for Teo. I will preface what Joe's about to tell you first by saying this. Teo didn't take being asked to leave the Nitro Girls very, very well. Mm. She wouldn't show up to rehearsals because she thought she was like, you know, she she was a pro dancer. She didn't think... Yeah, she was also just a cheerleader for the Atlanta Falcons. She so it's was not like... the dance studio, I think. I think so. But like, it's not like she was so much more qualified than like the rest of them. And if you're... Like, if Spice yeah. is okay doing this yeah. stuff and she... She danced for President Clinton at the Olympics. And so. I will say as well, if you are in a dance troupe, you're never so good you don't need to be with the dance troupe to re- yeah. rehearse because if anything, they'll need you to be exactly. there. So she wouldn't show up for the rehearsals and then she would literally take her airfare and show up for the events like she showed up for nitro mm. and then she would go and like talk to like eric and the other turner executives and be like oh my god they won't let me dance tonight what's going on and then kimberly mm. would have to be like you're not dancing tonight because you didn't come and do the fucking rehearsals yeah. so they she got fired early on 
But the really scary thing about it was that she started kind of stalking them a little bit. Oh, jeez. When they did the Nitro Girls contest, she crossed the country going to all the open auditions and would start dancing. And then someone would have to come and whisper to one of the judges, that's Teo. Oh, my God. She already was a Nitro Girl. She's not allowed to be a Nitro Girl anymore. Kimberly says you have to get her out of here. <gasps> so a lot of, lot of incidents with her there. Yeah. No smoke without fire. So what's Teo been up to then, Joe, in the last couple of years since the old Nitro girls wound down? So she founded Teo Reed's International Academy of Dance. Cool. Cool, yeah. But I don't think, I don't know if she still does it anymore. I've not seen that, Because no. I tried to look this up to find out if it was still active. And unfortunately, with a lot of these girls, a lot of their businesses they didn't have much of a web presence yeah. now it could be that they're still successful it's just they're not really online or it's a product that was sold five yeah, years ago and, it and isn't it's not anymore, anymore. Yeah. it's hard to say but she does have an online presence just not one that's to do with dance i would say joe um she is probably including stacy keebler and charmel in terms of the amount of content she's produced she's probably one of the most prolific people in the history of the world of wrestling she's the ryback of the nitro girls i think we can all agree <laughs> And the Ryback YouTube review is available now on Patreon, our new series where we review the cursed YouTube channels of wrestlers. So I, for this, I'm not doing Teo for that, by the way. No fucking way. No <laughs> she's, fucking way. She's not way. a wrestler, so we don't have to. Don't have to. Okay, fine. When I, so I, for all the research for the Nitro Girls, I went on all their LinkedIn pages, and when I came across Teo's, I told told Kevin what I found, and he was like, "No, that's not her." Yeah, it has to be someone else. It's someone else. You've got you've done your research wrong. I was like, no. It's her. It says on her LinkedIn that she used to work at WCW Nitro and she was a Nitro girl. Why, why would anyone else say that? That's such a weird thing to lie about. Like it Where's must the lie? It must be her. But the picture of her on her LinkedIn, she looks about 20. Like it's really freaky how young she looks. And you were like, it can't be her because she's just like, she hasn't aged. Yeah, because she would be in her like mid to late 40s. Yeah, at the, exactly. at the very least. Yeah. Like, yeah. But she is on LinkedIn. It is definitely her. She is now a prophetess on YouTube. Now, call me call me old-fashioned or call me a, a stupid man. And uh, Maybe it's because I'd spent all day watching bikini specials with my wife. But when I heard prophetess, goddess Teo, I kind of assumed that it was a fin dom. I think you've added the goddess bit. She doesn't call herself a goddess. Sorry, prophetess, yeah. not god. It's, when I heard that, I thought that it was, you know... And I thought, and I knew what I thought. I thought, good on you. Yeah, that's probably makes sense. Makes sense. E, you know, e, uh, transferable skills. Transferable skills is yeah. probably a lot of people who would pay a lot of money oh, to God, give yeah. money to to Teo of the Nitro Girls. I would would have respected her literally a billion times more if that's what her job was now. But unfortunately, it's not that. It's a different type of prophetess, folks. Yeah. So she now runs a weird. Christian anti-vax YouTube account where she seemingly makes animations for children. We're going to put in a little clip of it right now. We don't like to put in lots of clips in how to, generally no. speaking, but I really feel like words won't be able to do it justice. I will also include a link on the recommended bonus yeah. viewing. I do strongly suggest, if you're curious, to look at the video because it is absolutely what it's bananas it's and ludicrous if you look at some of those videos and go oh my god 20 views who's watched this it's us, us 20 times 20 times uh, yes. so that's it so here's a little clip a little snippet now this is about the plandemic as she calls it yeah doesn't believe in covid vaccines will never be 100 percent. god is the only one that can guarantee you health healing and is the preventive you're the fools if he has grown in the earth 
Ryan Only one third of a panel of 13,000 nurses said they would voluntarily take a vaccine. I know that's why I came by today to take you to lunch so we could discuss not taking that vaccine. God will intervene divinely to help me fight any side effects or any harm it may cause in my body. I also thought about quitting but with some of these trifling medical professionals this hospital need more good dependable doctors. Eee. Yeah, it doesn't believe in COVID and it's also that kind of this weird fatalistic attitude where it's like I don't believe in Halloween because it's a, an abomination. But I'll tell you what, I'm never, ever, ever taking no vaccine because God has made us perfect and illness is uh, is just a trick the devil is playing on you. Yeah. She invokes a lot of, like, Old Testament yes. stuff quite a lot, but it is very strange. It's demented stuff. It's like, you can take anything, and it's like Megan the Stallion. She's got a three-minute video with text-to-speech weird animation bitmoji people yeah. being like, I heard that Megan the Stallion took the booster jab. I will never take the booster jab because it is a sham and the Halloween scamdemic pandemic global Illuminati who drink their champagne in the socialite district of Islington. It's, it's... It's weird. Yeah, I mean, there's conspiracy theories, there's rabbit holes. This, like, I wouldn't be comfortable sharing this information with you if it wasn't as fucking bananas as it yeah. is because all i'll say is not too many people are drinking goddess tales kool-aid joe no it's, it's, it's literally like 40 views max where does she get the time and energy she pumps them out she's constantly posting them You've i got just like videos that are like two years old that have yeah. four views on them and I, I, this is, you and know what, like, she's going to no... get a big boost from this. Yeah, no she test. will. But she, as well, like, she has no, um, like, taste, I guess. There's, like, no standards. The videos are really badly edited. The there's, like, audio Audio overlap. goes over each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, it's... like, there's just no, that I just can't imagine anyone being happy with that as the end result. Because it looks, honestly, like a child wouldn't even be happy with what she's pumped out. Yeah, I mean, we've watched, you know, stuff that is kind of made fun of, you know, conspiracy theories and kind of satirizes the 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 anti-vax movement and stuff like that. And I'm always I'm always game to have a giggle at, you know, people who reject science and, and all that. I will say, having went through a, a pandemic and then some, this joy I get out of that has greatly lessened in recent years because I just feel kind of sad for these people a lot of the time, but... I will say that Prophetess Teo manages to hit the sweet spot of not even seeming like a real person. It's fucking wild. And yeah. the fact that it's like, you know, you go on her website and it'll be like, former Night Show girl yeah. Teo! Click here to donate to her church, which is just her house. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's uh And if you can think about it, it's a sin and you're going to hell for it and God's going to smite you down. Yeah. You know, it's it's very fire and brimstone stuff. Oh yeah, very, very much so, yeah. If you get sick, it's your fault. It's Satan. I'll, you know, I was a an edgy agnostic slash, you know, uh, atheist teenager, you know, and I feel like there's a time when I got into that whole world. You know, I went to a Catholic school. It was very obvious, easy rebellion for me. Richard Dawkins' books were in the mainstream, like literally at the exact point where I was reaching the age where I'd be interested in that. But in my more recent years, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I feel bad for like kind of the years I spent looking down at religion and stuff like that because a lot of people, it gives them a lot of yeah. hope and it gives well, them calm and whatnot. as well. But I see something like this, Joe, and I'm like, what? Like all you are planning to do with this is to make people scared and mm -hmm. make people angry yeah. and divide people. It's like, I'm so... I'm so, like, kind of confused by how you arrive at the point where you're doing that. I feel sorry for her, like, really. Yeah. Because it was obvious from the way that she was talked about that she was a bit 
She's very riled up by all this stuff. Yeah, and obviously she didn't get on with people and she obviously was very successful in the world of dance and stuff like that. And kind of outside of that world, it just feels like she's this fucking ball of chaotic energy that's just fizzling out. Like, really fucking weird. Yeah. You know? But I will say, she's attacked the world of fucking misinformation with all the gusto of a nitro girl that's all i'll say mm. but she she's probably been the least successful nitro girl it yeah. seems like because everyone else who's put their mind to something seems to be able to do it successfully it's weird it's really weird it's really weird i couldn't believe when i came across them like it's just i still don't believe it i know and like imagine if she was your favorite nitro girl and that, <laughs> that's what she's up to now <laughs> I'll tell you, you don't get this with AC Jazz, Joe. No. No reason, as we always said, you know, a nice <laughs> safe pair of hands. Well, that's been a quite a, a journey, a, a ride through the world of the Nitro Girls. Mm. Well, before we reveal what's next in the Joe Graham favourite things in wrestling hit list here on Haiti Wrestling, let's have a look at some of your tweets and Facebook posts about the Nitro Girls. First up from Space King Bobby who says, I just think it's really sad what they did with Rhonda Singh as Beef. And I didn't, I left Beef off the list of where are they now. Because I feel it's, the calling her a Nitro Girl is insulting it is. to her legacy. But like. also, she really sadly died, actually. She passed away in her 40s. So That's tragic. It's really tragic. Her her life and career is really sad. And I feel like was, a, an episode on her will be absolutely, a, a absolute she, must. She was really done dirty and I feel she needs, it's about time that the world paid her the respect that she was, she was owed, for I think. For sure, for sure. Paul Kimuri here on Facebook. Honestly, I had a soft spot for the Nitro Girls. Percy, I think if it's in general sports culture, it's okay in wrestling. Now, to be fair, they were overused. Them getting storylines was just too much. I think that no one was ever able to figure out what was the exact right amount to Nitro Girls. Yeah. Because, honestly, when we were watching some of the clips of Nitro and it was like, here's all the Nitro Girls for the 19th of June, 1998. I'm like, okay, this, this is like 12 times now. Mm. You know, sometimes it went crazy overboard but i feel like all of that is a constant negotiation with kimberly and the team like do you think it was the case that it's like they were pushing for more or that it was the office was pushing for more i'm not really sure you know i don't know probably a bit of both yeah i would think fewer segments that were more well thought out as opposed Mm. to they're just there constantly all the time you know next up from leave it be 2022 because they weren't actually in the wrestling bubble, they were the most chic-looking women in the business at that time. It's true. Kimberly Page did a good job keeping them safe. And you know what? That's true as well. And that yeah. is... For all my issues with Kimberly, I think she's very harsh on the girls she worked with. She at least did absolutely keep them safe. Oh, yeah. That must have been a job and a half at that time. Can you imagine that fucking locker room? No, some I can't. Of the <laughs> most, some of the Scott most... Scott Steiner. Entitled... Yeah fucking quick to anger mm-hmm. egocentric yeah. butthurt fucking fragile egos not to mention egocentric yeah yeah god almighty like you know you hear i mean you hear dribs and drabs over the years of kind of like you know the kind of the, the difficulty is being a woman in wrestling in that period of time but at least if you're a woman who was a wrestler in that time there's always that like baseline you're a wrestler you're taking bumps or yeah. you're you're traveling the roads I feel those women never, ever, ever got that from the majority of their, their male peers. So what's an easy thing? And I think, yeah, I know we've ragged on Kimberly a lot in this episode, but I think it's kind of like in the same way that your your mom would be stressed all the time on a holiday or whatever. Yeah, she's is, got a hard job and she, she, didn't has. Get, she didn't get paid enough for it. And the book stopped with her. Yeah. And like the, 
six different personalities are hard to control whatever about a dozen different personalities yeah. and everyone on the fucking roster thinks they're entitled to do what they want with exactly, them exactly yeah and you're getting it from all different ends mm-hmm. thankless job yeah. that again only her could possibly do mm-hmm. you know what's really weird in her shoot interview she was asked about like life after wrestling for her and DDP and stuff like that and or like you know what were the golden days like and she's like I just remember him being so tired all the time mm. and like just the, that for me was like whoa DDP being fucking tired mm. her Kimberly Page being tired like talk about us being worked by the gimmick of these immensely positive people I didn't yeah. even think for a second that those guys could be tired but mm. they fucking were because their job was exhausting all the time yeah. and DDP the only admin he had to deal with was his own fucking convoluted matches he planned in advance <laughs> as many gimmicks yeah. he's juggling the woodman choreography he yeah. has to figure out there good lord Jamie Hines here. Never really watched WCW, but I've never heard them describe there's something wrong with the company. I also really like the idea. A long wrestling show can do with variety. Yes. The act needs to be really good to not rile everyone up, and it seems like they hit that mark. I'll tell you the amount of times over on Patreon where we're, we're doing wrestling pay-per-views, AEW and WWE. I'm not sending it to the Nitro Girls, but Jesus Christ, how many times have we been like, Something different! anything between like match bell match yeah. bell match Absolutely. bell stop it tony <laughs> we've said it so many times particularly like, aw yeah, a bit of diversity in the types of entertainment would make such a big difference but you know what else i mean you say don't bring back the nitro girls but they never officially disbanded really technically they're still going it's like the corporate ministry joe you never know when they'll <laughs> appear again like Irish Mike here want to have a little shout out as well, of course, for everyone's favourite German wrestling dancing superstar, Alex Wright, who never missed an opportunity to bust a move Saturday Night Fever <laughs> style with the Nitro Girls. A lot of people's favourite Nitro Girl member, uh, honorary Nitro Girl member, yeah. uh, the, the stud that is Alexander Wright. <laughs> Brendan Young here as well to round us off. As a lad of my late teens who wanted to watch sweaty men in underwear pretend to hurt each other, the Nitro Girls, bra and panties matches, etc. wasn't what I was here to see. That being said, Spice always struck out to me when she was on screen. She's one of the few dancers who actually seemed happy to be there, looking straight down the camera with a huge smile. A few years ago, I found her on Instagram and was pleased to learn that she has fled the awful business to become a life coach. Yeah. Ah, see? It'll get you far in the world of wrestling, that can-do attitude, like... (laughs) This has been a phenomenally fun time, Joe. I can't. It's a surprisingly long episode. How are we at? Three hours. Are you fucking. I was like, ah, 90 minutes. Wooden done. <laughs> I know. The Odyssey of the Nitro Girls. This has been an absolute rip roaring time. What a yeah. great start to the year. Great topic. <laughs> I, I, I hope this has shed a window and a, and a light for some of you into, I think, something that everyone knows of in wrestling who's been a fan yeah. for many years. But doesn't really know a lot about yeah. you know uh hopefully this leads to a resurgence in nitro girl nostalgia yeah jo, well deserved uh, well deserved i think uh, who's your favorite nitro girl joe to, to round us off here i think shay you're, shay, you're there for shay shay she seems like um a low-key workhorse down for anything she seemed to like really get the point of the nitro girls plus she did it all and English wasn't even her first language. Oh, like yeah. she was learning the language like kind of as she went. So impressive. I think that's really impressive. Seriously, yeah. yeah. And she's obviously a hustler as well with her Kickstarter and all that, her business. So yeah, yeah my, my pick is Shay. I feel like by doing this episode, I like have never made fun of Kimberly Page and kind of been like, haha, as much. And yet I've gained a new appreciation and respect for her. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like I can't pick anyone other than her. Like a, a thankless <laughs> job. And she was quick to remind her 
everyone of that. Yeah. But like this whole thing wouldn't have existed without her. Yeah. And you know, I I think that she made something that was truly unique in wrestling. And I think you know the reverberations of that it had its influence, whether or not yeah. it was immediately apparent or whatever it was. And I'll say it's a miracle it didn't end out way worse for a lot of the people. The fact that it seems to have been a positive platform and jumping off point for so many super successful women. Mm-hmm. I, I was shocked by that. And yeah. Kimberly, whether she intended to or not, she helped out a lot of these folks who maybe wouldn't have ended up where they were had it not been for a short stint dancing all over the country in the middle of the Monday Night Wrestling Ratings War. <laughs> Joe, our next episode, one I'm very excited about, but I don't think I'm anywhere near as excited about as you are. You you tell the people, what's our next episode going to be? What's the Yay! hashtag? It's how to Bobby Lashley. <laughs> it's my boy. If you've not been over on our Patreon page and following the the odyssey over the last few years of Bobby Lashley going being from someone who Joe would roll her eyes at to, I think he seems to be your easier favorite wrestler right now. He's my boy. He's your boy. He's not my favorite wrestler. But he's in the heart. In the heart. He just seems like a really nice person. Yeah. He seems really sweet. <laughs> and I just, I love his little face. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I just love him. Okay. I'm, I, I'm really affectionate towards Bobby Lashley. Will this endearing affection last the scrutiny of a lengthy How To Wrestling episode and research <laughs> about him? Who knows? Using the hashtag HowToBobbyLashley, we're after your favourite stories, matches, promos. Of course, I'm not very familiar with his run that he had in Impact Wrestling, so any help there from any Impact heads would be much appreciated. Likewise, the world of MMA, where he's made a big impact, any hints or tips on how to access some of that content and Mm. uh, educate ourselves about Big Bobby in the world of MMA, I'll be very intrigued as well. We'll be talking about the Hurt Business, we'll be talking about his history in the Army and his interesting upbringing and childhood and I don't know if we'll talk about the sisters as much as Vince McMahon wants us to but uh, I'm excited he's a modern guy but he's got a background and a history in wrestling going all the way back to the mid 2000s I'm very excited for how to Bobby Lashley and he looks very sweet in that artwork. Oh, he looks so sweet! You want to head over to howtowrestling.com, get your eyes on the new artwork, all the recommended bonus viewing for this and all the other episodes. And as always, if you want to support the show, help keep it ad-free and 100% fan listener supported, why not head over to patreon.com forward slash howtowrestling, where we've got all those pay-per-view reviews going all the way back to 2015, could you believe? Wow. SummerSlam onwards, WWE, AEW, some NXT in there as well. you got our pay-per-view class series you've got the the big show show how to revisited and we've got not one but two new side series over on the patreon page we finished off our road to the top cody and brandy watch along and now we are starting from the start we're going to be reviewing every single episode of total divas and i cannot wait that is joining alongside the wrestling review tube series as well a lot of fun new content over there in the patreon page joe yeah lots to get excited about simple five dollar a month packing you can drop out whenever you want to and thank you everyone who supported us in 2022 and we look forward to seeing you as our backers in 2023 well until next time i want to say a huge thank you to joe for all the amazing work and research <laughs> and educating me about the ladies in bikinis that we were watching i really appreciate it joe that's okay and next episode is Bobby Lashley and that's not some sort of a quid pro quo or anything like that <laughs> the only okay? way I'd agree to do Nitro Girls <laughs> <laughs> wait till you see what's coming up after Bobby Lashley is all I'll say but until next time it's going to be a goodbye from me Kevin and a goodbye from me Joe we'll see you next time on How To Wrestling see ya